and gentlemen, and welcome to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, baby, and along with me, as always, the very talented, the very tender, Tyler Dean. That was your best one you've had yet. Tender. Best, we don't feel talented. Talented? Why? Right there. That's the best one you've I had. Was, I was just trying to, I, you know, I figured for every put down, I owe two put ups. Well, so. let's stick with that one. Let's just go with that consistently. And and along with us, we've got a very special guest in the ho in the in the house tonight, and uh, it is the very jaunty, yes, the very jaunty, Josh Rigsby, baby, and and welcome to the show, Josh. Thank you. I'm uh, glad to be here. Glad to have you on board. We are super stoked. We've got some uh, fun news out of the NFL this week. We we obviously took a little. Uh, we we're doing it every two weeks now, uh, leading into the NFL preseason. So uh, we, we've got a number of things to talk about, a um, number of bigger stories, some big, some small. Um, but, I mean, moving right into story number one, Tyler, baby. How, how excited are the people of North Carolina? It depends how you look at it. <laughs> the people from Charlotte are, are, are either, they could be singing, they, they could be crying. But uh, the big news out of uh, Charlotte Jerry Richardson selling the Carolina Panthers to David Tepper. Um, interesting move. I don't know how I feel about it. Could be good. It could be bad. Tyler, give me your take on that, baby. Well, for starters, uh, going late in the last season, um, there was a lot of talk about, uh, was it P. Diddy and uh, Kaepernick? Oh, yeah, lots. It, and that one made me groan a lot more. Mm -hmm. So um, I, this is a step up from that. And I know there's a lot of concern about David Tepper's background. Yeah. And... And and that's okay. That's going to come with the territory buying a team. And you're, you you now own one of the uh, hottest things to have, and that's a sports team. Yeah, it, it, it's a it, he got it at a at a high price though highest highest price for an NFL team to ever be bought. Uh, two point two million to or billion rather two point two billion dollars. And again, like the uh, quarterback market and the salary cap and everything else in this world, um, prices go up over time. So the next time a team sells, it'll be more than that. Just the dollar is so much higher now, so it was always going to be the highest uh, uh, team sale we've seen. Right. I, I think one of the big things about this whole situation that you run into, um, Jerry Richardson, the man has a football background. I mean, the guy played ball. He won an NFL championship. Uh, you know, the, the guy had something going there. And, and now you're selling your NFL team away. You make the $2.2 billion. The good news for this whole thing is David Tepper, I mean, if you looked at their worth, Jerry Richardson worth 2.2, David Tepper worth 11.7 billion. So you're you're talking a big leap there financially. It could free up a lot of money. These guys could put up a lot, uh, you know, pull in a lot of uh, special players. Same time, you know, is David Tepper going to be smart enough to pull in those players? Does he have enough people around him to make those decisions? It's up in the air here. That's that's one thing that that really kind of caught my eye moving into this thing. And not to mention, um, back in December, you, you had Jerry Richardson, and, and I think this probably influenced uh, his selling of the team a lot. He he got investigated for workplace misconduct um, uh, over there in in Carolina. Uh, I guess he he, you know, was uh, I guess uh, sexually harassing some employees from. The, from the rumor, allegedly. So you you never quite know, um, never quite know what you're what you're dealing with over in Carolina there, um, you know. And and Josh, I, I 
I got to tell you, one guy that I know that you love is going to be, he's going to be scratching his head going, what's coming next is your boy Cam Newton. I know you love some Cam Newton. And Cam Newton, he's going to be making, he's, he's got the ability to make a boatload of money here because I don't know that, I think that Tepper is going to be looking for that face of his franchise. Cam Newton, still not that old. He kind of is the face of the Carolina Panthers already, but Tepper's going to want to keep him there for a long time. Big money. I mean, huge move, right? It is. And, uh, I mean, not only him, but you got to think Keekly. Oh, yeah. Keekly, so, definitely. So you have your two faces, offensive and defensively, that they're going to build around. Absolutely. And, and, and there's a plethora of other players they need, they need to try to keep around, too. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about him more later, possibly. But uh, Cal, Calvin Benjamin has been a good target for uh, Cam Newton over there. Right. And, Josh, we were talking about this earlier, just the kind of difference between uh, – um, David Tepper and what you expect, and, and David Tepper is not a football guy. And I was saying that that it's kind of okay. Is I mean, as long as you can uh, surround yourself with with uh, football guys as your president, your GM, your and everything higher than that, it's it's uh, not too bad. But uh, you seem to have different opinion. Um, I just feel like if you have no if you have no football IQ at all, and you're buying a franchise with no knowledge of what you're doing or what you're going to do. It's senseless. You spend all that money on and for what? Right. And and you've seen it so many times in the NFL. We we see this constantly. I mean, you saw it with Cleveland. You see it with with the, the Lions. I mean, take a look. I mean, the Fords have no idea what they're doing with a football team. No, they don't. You you see it in Oakland. These guy that guy has no idea what he's doing with a football team. I mean, granted, he goes in you know, he's made so recently the Raiders have made some good moves, you know, um, but but think about what went on with the Raiders for a long time. Sebastian Janikowski goes in the first round and everybody's scratching their head. So we, we have seen some interesting things go on as far as owners making moves. And that's not to say Marty Herney, the, the general manager of the Panthers, can't do his job over there. You know, I mean, the, the guy, I mean, he's obviously uh, um, pretty, pretty smart. Um, I, I mean, he... Granted, right now he's he's the he was the interim general manager until about February, but the the guy is is a, um, a, a good general manager, and and the other big news out of Carolina that that you're really going to have to worry about is the retirement party. Anyone? Nobody. We just retired. We had a guy retire today. I missed that one in my notes. Oh, geez, Tyler. Well, I'm going to let you look it up. Well, why don't you save us the trouble, Scott? No, look it up. Come on. Come on. I'm going to make you do your work. Come on, Tyler. I'll let you look it up. In any time, in any case. So, we had a nice retirement over there. Then you have Julius Peppers, who... Strongly threatens it, but he's going to remain. Yeah, he'll stick around for a while. I don't think he's done yet. Yeah. But um, big retirement over there. Ryan Khalil goes and retires in Carolina. So you, you've got some stuff going on in, in uh, Charlotte there. The Panthers, they this owner, it's like we said, he could be good, he could be bad. Um, it, he's got to, I, I think the more he lets his general manager run with his football team, and the more he's going to let, you know, the more control he hands over. Uh, uh, Mr. Herney there, the, the better things are going to work out. So 
Carolina Panthers, um, and and I don't think the deal's been finalized yet here. I mean, it th- this guy um, Tepper, he's he's a hedge fund manager, but a uh, hedge fund fund founder rather, um, and and you know he's gonna he's gonna create all kinds of uh, all kinds of trouble in the NFL. I think you know for uh, from a political standpoint. I mean, he went and called what what was it? Uh, Donald Trump, the uh, the king of lies, was it, or something along those lines? The lord of lies? Or the father of lies. There yeah. it is. The Get, father of lies. Getting himself in the middle of things right away. Yep. So, I mean, it, it could be good. It could be bad. Um, but I, you you got to think that that uh, that'll, that'll sit well with a lot of the NFL players that are out there, you know, kneeling during the anthem and such. Um, but at the end of the day, with this deal, uh, whether no matter what side of the opinion you, you are on it, um, it's a new day in, in, down in uh, Charlotte, so we're going to see what happens. Yep, I'm pretty excited. Um, so moving on here from the Carolina Panther Head Fund. We'll, we'll, let, uh, we'll let our guest jump into this one being the resident Lions Yeah, guy. our resident Lions guy. Matt Patricia. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like uh, the, the alleged you know, sex, sexual, sexual assault um, scandal here of 22 years ago that they are randomly bringing up now and it's based off of probably him, him making a uh, a lot of money as a with his new job as a head coach of the Detroit Lions. Mm-hmm. So, you know. You, you get your head coaching job. And, and quick disclaimer here, um, no matter what we say here, um, all three of us, by no means, we, we all agree that sexual assault is an awful thing. Absolutely. And, if if indeed he did do this 22 years ago, yes, he should he should be nailed to the cross. But there's a few things in here being that um, first of all, why is it coming up 22 years later? Yeah, that's uh, the big thing. 22 years later. And I, and I and I understand. I mean, for a long time, people are have been very nervous about trying to attack someone who's in a um. Uh, celebrity status or public picture because a lot of times even if you're telling the truth it comes back to hit you. Mm-hmm. So I, I can I can appreciate that, but look at the history of what's happened with this. Uh, um, he got indicted, and the, and the charges eventually got dropped. So and, and that's why it's went quiet for 22 years. So why just now is it coming back up? And back to Josh's point, I think it has to do with he's now making the most money he's ever made. Yeah, it's it's buku dollars here for for Matt Patricia, and I uh, I think there's a, a couple things that come to that should come up here. Number one, it, he was indicted, but and and the reason why why uh, the the trial never went forward is, um, you know that the the lady didn't want to be in court. She she didn't want to uh, to to face the court system or whatever it was. I mean. It's a whole lot of nonsense. You you don't make the accusation and then not go into court and and uh, you know do what you got to do. Uh, that's the first thing. She she didn't feel like she could face the pressures or the stresses of trial, according to to Deadspin here, um, and and it was dismissed. You know you you can't bring it up twenty two years later. You know it sounds like somebody is either looking for a boatload of money. Or it sounds like somebody is just looking to smear the guy. And and kudos to the Lions, and you you won't hear me say that often. Kudos to the Lions for backing this guy. Yep. You know he's a he's a hell of a coach. He seems like a stand up guy. Kudos to the Lions for saying, you know what, he's our guy. We're comfortable with him, 
Um, we're happy employing him. Uh, you know, and 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 they they really showed that they're going to stand by their guy, which that you don't in in D town here you don't see that a whole lot. Yeah, and the crazy thing is is this kind of thing kind of happens a lot, especially in the NFL. You had the Ben Roethlisberger years ago. Oh you yeah. Had, um, you had uh, you said Richardson, yep. Panthers as well. You know, just. It's just something that you kind of look at and you're like, well, we don't really know if this is going to be true or what, what to believe anymore because it becomes a question of money right? and so, with so many other things. So. And, and another thing that, that I think is interesting is kudos to the NFL because the NFL, you know, that, that Roethlisberger case, nothing ever really came of the whole thing, but Roethlisberger got suspended for four games for that whole thing. And, and you know, you've got the NFL, they, you know, they, they've always had this uh, shoot first, ask questions later type of mentality where they, they go in, hey, I'm going to go and suspend this guy. Especially and, from Roger Goodell. Oh, for sure. I'm going to go suspend this guy. You know, who cares what the, what the result winds up being? I'm suspending him. Well, you know, you can't do that. Ezekiel Elliott's never a good example. Right. And they, they go out and they suspend these guys, and then and they don't figure out what actually happened on that night. They don't find out if the guy was acquitted. And I'm standing here going, hey, look at this. Matt Patricia has this 22-year-old case get brought up. And you know what? There was no suspension. There was, there was no firing. There was no, you know, slamming him. And he came out, and, and also kudos to him for standing his ground in this whole thing and saying, you know what, it never happened. I never did it. You know, and and really, there's nothing anybody can say about it. He was the only one that was where he was, you know, on that night. So so do we really know that this occurred? Big question there. It's a big, big question. I don't like the fact that it came up 22 years later as much as anybody. I also read that there wasn't very many witnesses. There was really just... His friend, her, and the cop, and the judge, and it's just like, what? Yeah. You know, so. so there was very, very few people involved, um, and, and you know, the, it was such a, uh, such a, just a, a weak case in this whole thing that, and, and it was funny, the, the news said that the, the police report from the incident had been discarded. The police chief, the lieutenant, the grand jury forewoman, the prosecutor, the assistant prosecutor, and the defense attorneys all could not remember this case. So that's how of a much of a non-issue this whole thing was. Because you know what, and it, it didn't happen, and it sounds like somebody was making up stories to to try and get this guy. So, I mean, uh, unless otherwise proven, um, I'm sorry, I stand beside Matt Patricia in this case. And, and that's coming from a guy who's a Vikings fan. So um, kudos to the NFL, kudos to the Detroit Lions, and, and my deepest apologies to Matt Patricia for having to go through that nonsense. But at the same time, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to correct you a little bit. And, it, it's, and to, to everybody, um, no matter how you, how you feel from a team standpoint, whether you're a Vikings fan, a Packers fan, a Patriots fan, or you don't care about football at all. This is about... Um, Sexual assault is, is a horrible thing, but what's also bad is is people being brought into the mix and people being accused of things when it's when it's, when it's not the case because it can really ruin someone's life. Right, wrongful and wrongful accusation is is just uh, almost as bad as the act of of committing sexual assault itself because not only that, not only are 
Like when you're committing sexual assault, you're you're hurting somebody else in a way that shouldn't be hurt, that they shouldn't be hurt. But you're doing the same damn thing, and with somebody's livelihood and their life and their family and their kids, when you wrongfully accuse them publicly of things of this nature, it it there should be some. I feel like at this point there should be some sort of of statute if you're going to go and wrongfully accuse somebody of something like this, then. You should be punished yourself. You can't point the finger at somebody. Well, only if it can be proven without a doubt, which is the way our court system works, that mm. it was truly false. Absolutely. I, I would, I'll give uh, the benefit of the doubt in, in this case and some others where there's enough gray area where you can't punish either side. Mm-hmm. So, there's the, but but I'd say it's the case where, where it should um, thrown out, not if evidence to prove one way or another. Right. And uh, moving forward, we've got. Some more, more of the Des Bryant sweepstakes going on. You don't know how to read, do you? No, I don't know how to read. This is supposed to be a two-part segment. We're just going to skip over Reuben Foster. Oh, Reuben Foster. Well, he's kind of in the same situation. I mean, he's he's kind of there. I mean, can we agree? I mean, he's he lied about abuse. I, I mean, well, this is well. She 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 lied about the alleged domestic right. abuse that's going on. I mean, really. I mean, it's on the same note of this is something that could have really derailed him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she she flat out said that she lied a lot to authorities about the alleged the alleged domestic violence. So I mean, I mean this this Alyssa Ennis. I mean, who knows what the hell that was? But again. You are falsely accusing somebody of doing something that they never did. So why are you not being punished? Yeah, why are you not being punished for it? Why should this this Ennis here, and she flat out says, she she says that she lied a lot. She testified, <laughs> I mean, that's that's the quote. I mean, the preliminary hearing. I mean, like, how how, I mean, you can't get any more black and white than that. Hell yeah, I lied a lot. Go to jail, honey. You know, I mean, it's time to go. You better start paying some some. Uh, uh, you better start paying some some money to this poor guy. There there ought to be a countersuit, something going on here. I mean, and and I mean, she flat out says I was, uh, and and you'll have to excuse my language. I was pissed and I wanted to end him. Wow. In her testimony, I mean, wow. She sat on the stand for two hours. She broke down in tears. She was talking all about their breakup, and and she wanted to ruin his career. She wanted to execute what she basically said was a money scheme. I mean, realistically, honey, it's time to go to jail. I mean, somebody You're better trying be, to steal. Yeah, you've ever seen it, if there's if a slam dunk case of a, of a, of a classified <coughs> trying to get money and I'm going right. to claim abuse. This is it. Oh. Home run, slam dunk, <laughs> perfect. Uh, Eagle on a, on, a, on a hole. Um, this is a turkey and bowling or free heart and bowling. It's, it's, it's there. It's, it's everything right. you need. This is it. I mean, and, and there should be some sort of countersuit. She should be held in, in contempt of, of court at this point. I I don't know. I don't know how you cannot slam her for this and put her in jail. Yeah. Why is she still free at this point? It raises a lot of questions. It really does. I mean, and, and you know, they're, they're over here... I mean, I mean, she she did, and it was a lot of of brutal accusations. I mean, she said that he he dragged her out of the house and 
hit her 10 times and, you know, spit on her and, you know, broke her phone. And <laughs> the best one was that, that he uh, supposedly threw her, threw their dog at her. Okay. Yeah. I, I'm just like, wow. And I mean, I mean, she, she said she, she had a ruptured eardrum and, and, you know, then, then next thing you know, you know, she Did was. Did she present any evidence of this? Like any, any bruises, any pictures? Of, I mean, you, yeah, who the hell knows? Yeah. I mean, she could, she could have tossed herself down the stairs for all we know, but she came out flat out and said that she has lied in this situation. Reuben Foster if I'm Reuben Foster, I'm pressing charges. If I'm Reuben Foster, I'm I'm slamming her for defamation of character. I mean, I, don't get me wrong, I'm celebrating right now because I'm not going to jail for for this nonsense. But at the same time, I'm I'm, you know, I, I'm I'm suing for for defamation of character and slander. You, it's it's just insane. But now we can go to the story you're okay. trying to skip to. I mean, who hasn't been excited for Des Bryant? Eh. Well, I'll tell you who hasn't been excited for him, and that's the New York Football Giants or the Green Bay Packers, both teams this week, saying that uh, they're not interested, not interested in the, the Des Bryant sweepstakes. Um, and, and that's despite the fact that Jason Witten said that Packers would be a perfect landing place. Yeah, and, and I, honestly, I don't think it would be too bad of a landing place. You're going to Green Bay. You know, you, they, just, they just dumped Jordy Nelson. He'd be taking that spot. Yep, he'd be taking that number one spot. I don't think Randall Cobb can, and and this is this says a lot. I don't think Randall Cobb can outplay Des Bryant. No, and and I agree. I, I think Des Bryant going there. He wants a one year prove it deal. So say you're going to throw Des Bryant out there in Green Bay, and you're going to sign him to a one year one million dollar deal because I mean that's just about all the anybody in this league is going to be offering him. Des Bryant, if he wants to work. He's going to take a deal. That's it. He's going to take a deal. And in all honesty, he, he does fit perfectly because they lose Jordy Nelson. And on a team that doesn't have an offensive line anymore. No. And you're, and you're, you're going to need targets for him to dump the ball quickly. That's how he's got to win games, and that's how he was winning games. Mm-hmm. And he can't do that with just Randall Cobb. And, you know, but he's Gronk. I mean, he has um, Jimmy Graham now. But that's... That's not Jordy Nelson. That's yeah, not it's, it's, it's Green not. Bay's proven, or that, or not Green Bay. Uh, Randall Cobb has proven recently with uh, Jordy Nelson having the injuries the last couple of seasons. Jordy Nelson, or I'm sorry, um, Randall Cobb is not a number one. No, he he can be a good number two. I think I think Randall Cobb, you know, if if you have him stand in for a game or two, Randall Cobb could wind up being a, a decent enough receiver, a decent enough number one target. But when we're talking Rabble, Randall Cobb, you're talking a red zone threat. That's about what he's good for. He's a good uh, uh, over the middle type of guy, good in the slot. But are you going to be dumping, you know, bombs down to Randall Cobb forty yards down the sidelines? Probably and, not. And not even if you're Aaron Rodgers. The first was some years ago, right, right after right before the Super Bowl, um, they traded um, Bolden out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people, even even analysts said, "Oh yeah, but Torrey Smith would be fine, and he, he's been, he's been, he's been great." But a deep threat guy like Torrey, who's only deep threat. Is not a number one, no. and it showed, and, and, and his weaknesses were there, and and the same thing is there when when Nelson's there and Green Bay's offense is running at its fullest, Cobb looks great. Yep. But when there's missing pieces, Cobb looks like garbage. And speaking of your Baltimore Ravens, uh, now the big question, Tyler, and I got to ask you, and I'll ask I'll ask our uh, our wonderful Rigs here too, gentlemen, 
If you are Des Bryant, I don't care what he says. I don't care what he's gone out and said. If you are Des Bryant, do you regret not taking the three-year, seven million dollar a year contract with the Baltimore Ravens? All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna put this in two parts. Do I think he should regret it? Yes, he should regret it. Do I think he? I I truly believe he doesn't regret it. I truly believe that he thinks he's going to be able to get a one-year deal and explode. Yeah, getting 15 million a year now, yeah. and it's not going to happen. But I, but the way he does is, I firmly believe that he has no regrets ditching that deal because I think he fully believes in his head that he's going to come back and be, rise to the power and be the best receiver in the league, which just is not going to happen anymore. No. Go ahead, Josh. It's funny because I think once he once he realizes that nobody's going to pay him the kind of money that he wants for a one-year deal. He's going to run back to the Ravens and say, okay, can I take this deal? And they're going to say, sorry, we dropped it in the garbage. Sorry, no space. <laughs> yeah. I, and, I mean, he actually, from a technical standpoint, he he did them a favor because they, they wound up getting Crabtree kind of on a discount here. Well, no, they got Crabtree before that. They, they After the after that deal fell through, they went and, and they said, screw it. We're, we're, and then that's when they offered Willie's game contract. Yeah, I mean, did they, get, did they get a solid enough receiving core, do you think, without the Bryant deal happening? Um, here's the, I'm going to touch on this briefly because I don't want to go too off subject here. You got, you got Crabtree, you got John Brown, you got Willie Sneed. Three guys with some question marks on them. If all three can remove the question mark and have the season capable of, Ravens have, have made out great with the three receivers they got. But getting three receivers with question marks, what are the odds that all three come out looking great? We'll see. Yep. And, and fun little fact about Dez, he hasn't broken a thousand yards in three years. So that's something to think about. Still had one of, those, one of those seasons he was hurt. So, but last two he started all all, all sixteen games. Yep, like thousand yards. Last season he sixty nine catches, eight thirty eight, six touchdowns. To me, that doesn't. Uh, I mean, I I thought the Ravens offering him seven million was way over the top. Yeah. Uh, I don't think Des Bryant is is uh, worth that uh, that amount, even at at the uh, ripe old age of twenty nine here. I don't think he's worth that amount, and and I think, um, to be honest with you, he he refa- he he's failed to uh, record at least seventy catches and nine hundred yards receiving um, for three years in a row. I mean, he hasn't even broken nine hundred, which, I mean, that that should set off some alarms to teams that are getting ready to uh, go and get him. Um, so, Des Bryant, I'm gonna say this. Des Bryant, I think deep down he does regret taking that contract, but Des Bryant is trying to market himself. I think Des Bryant wants to market that confidence. I think Des Bryant wants to go out there and say, hey, this is the guy you're getting. I'm great. I know I'm great. It's very uh, Muhammad Ali. You know, he's going out there and, and, and spouting off at his mouth like Des Bryant does. We, we've known this for years. Des Bryant has spouted off at the mouth. He thinks he's the greatest of all time. You, you see him on the sidelines shooting off at the mouth thinking he's just God's gift to professional football. And and the fact of the matter is Des Bryant at this stage of the game just isn't that good. He's Keyshawn Johnson 2.0. Yeah, that's exactly what he is. And and I, I, I'm so sick and tired of watching Des Bryant. You know, he, I, I think his best days are behind him. And, and I you know, he, he's regressing a lot faster and a lot earlier than a lot of people expected. You're going to see Des Bryant, he may get the contract that he's looking for. He may get that one-year deal. But is it going to be anything more than maybe 2.5? I don't think so. I agree. So uh, with that, folks, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to get a word from our sponsors, and we'll be back right here on the Outside Blitz. 
At It's Your Time Massage, you get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's Your Time Massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, Tyler Dean. The tasty Tyler Dean. Ooh. Tasty. Yeah, tasty. The tasty Tyler <laughs> Dean. And I have my co-host, the fabulous Scotty Freytown. I'm simply fabulous, baby. And of course, we still have our guest, the Jehovah's Witness, <laughs> Josh Rigsby. <laughs> we just want him to go. No, no, he. I'll, I'll tell you, he's the jazzy Josh Rigsby. Oh, jazzy. that jazzy! <laughs> he's feeling jazzy today. He'll take. You'll take that over Jehovah's Witness. Yes, sure. <laughs> but in part two here, we're gonna go into a very interesting uh, piece of news because this is gonna be all aboard the quarterback train. Choo choo! Yeah. Starting things off, we're going to talk about a very uh, funny uh, piece of news that came out. Um, Ichiro Suzuki, a uh, retired uh, outfielder for the Yankees, he uh, recently got with his team because he got, he got a text. He got a text from a guy, and the guy says, Hey, Ichiro, I, I got your phone number from Alex Rodriguez, and uh, I'm curious in what your workout routine is. I, I want to adapt it myself. So Ichiro doesn't recognize the number, doesn't recognize the name. He calls his former team and says, uh, I got this. I got this text, and he says he got my number from Arod, and he said he wants to use my workout routine. And the guys go, well, "What's his name?" He goes, "It says uh, Tom Brady." Who the f is Tom Brady? <laughs> <laughs> so as much as I love to hear that about Tom Brady, I can't stand the guy. Each year, what do you live under a rock or out of the country? What yeah, do I don't know. He apparently doesn't own a TV. <laughs> I mean, or a radio or anything all... social media or. Whatever. Right, with all the trouble that Tom Brady's been in, how do you not know who Tom Brady well, is? Well, the trouble, the Super Bowls, is everything. It's, it's there. I mean, right. Love or hate the guy, he's one of the most prominent figures in the world. Ichiro has got to be one of the – he's like – he reminds me of that curmudgeon old man that just, like, doesn't own a TV. <laughs> he's just, like, sitting at home, like, I don't know, I don't like all these kids out here. Who the hell is Tom Brady? Golly. Ichiro Suzuki. Jeez, oh, Pete. Moving on along here, I, mean, I, I don't know why this guy is still in the news, but he's still there, and, and of, of, all, of all teams, it's, it's the uh, Patriots that are talking about him. The Patriots. I, I don't, Johnny Manziel. Why are we still talking about Johnny Manziel? I don't understand the fascination with Johnny Manziel. I, I thought this guy was yesterday's news. He, he looked like a, a drug addict the last time you saw him. He still looks <laughs> like a drug addict now. I mean, I, I don't understand... I don't understand why the the Patriots even bother looking at him. I, I I get the guy's 25 years old, but geez, oh Pete, what what are we doing here, fellas? It, it's funny. I mean, you talk about former Browns quarterbacks. If you started a league 
and uh, you had to, and all the former Browns quarterbacks just flocked. They're going to be all starting quarterbacks, and they, they'd be just fine. Joey Harrington can come in and be like, lead them to the feet. Yeah, he, he would be one of the top guys. I mean, it was just insanity. I mean, and and finally the Patriots just said, well, we're not going to, we're not going to pursue him anymore. But I mean, I don't, I mean, to, to his credit, I mean, the Patriots were, were president Manziel's pro day in San Diego where he completed 36 of 38 passes. So it's, it's gotta, it's gotta say something about the guy. He came from Texas A&M and, and the Patriots were looking at him for a little while, but I mean, was it two years out of football now? Uh, I'm not looking at that. It's the national football league. Yeah. A quick little fun tidbit just to, just to poke fun. Uh, hey, Josh, uh, Joey Harrington or uh, Ovalowski? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm, I Honestly, I'm going with Orlovsky. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I mean, despite the 0-16. Yeah, despite the 0-16. I mean, I don't blame him, him entirely for an 0-16. I mean, but the guy does run out in the back of the end zone for <laughs> safety. That's worse than the button. No field awareness whatsoever. Oh, come on. He's your favorite. Don't lie. But I, I, I digress. I just want to talk about more quarterbacks. We've got plenty to talk about here moving on. Um, we're going to go talk more about rookies here and – we're gonna start with the guy that me and Scott bashed pretty hard during the during the draft and, and draft review. That's Josh Allen. Yes, Josh Allen. Josh, why don't you, why don't you tell us about Josh Allen? The guy that shares your name. Um, <laughs> I mean, he's uh, he's drafted by the Bills way before. I mean, they could have got him in his original pick, right? And then they they're like, okay, well, you know, he's look, see what this kid has comes out. He's just throwing picks. So throwing picks and throwing picks to the now injured. Denzel Ward, which... Well, that was Mayfield. Mayfield. Oh, I'm thinking Mayfield. Sorry about that. No, no. Who was he throwing that pick to? Well, this came from Jalen Ramsey. He was was picking on Josh Allen saying, what was was the quote? Um, That's a pick waiting to happen. Yes. Was the 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 exact quote. Um, You know, Josh Allen, uh, they, they knew he wasn't a very accurate quarterback from the get. So I don't know why this is such a surprise. I, I do I mean, you can tell he the the way he's handling the Ramsey quote is good and bad all at the same time. You know, he, he says Jalen Ramsey's trash talk doesn't phase me. I mean, it's gonna phase you when you take him on this year. <laughs> when when Jalen Ramsey and, and his his crazy monstrous secondary comes out and starts picking you off, it better affect you. Yeah, if Jalen Ramsey was a bad player, it'd be one thing. Jalen Ramsey is one of the league's best corners. Right. Jalen Ramsey had, what, four picks last year? He had a ton of tackles. I mean, that guy was insane. So, I mean, I I laugh a little bit. I, I thought the Josh Allen pick was way too early, like Josh here, and, and that's, oh, it was it, a mess. It, it's also funny because, you know, uh, they have him on the roster – um, as a rookie, that last year they had um, was it Peterman? Yep, Peterman threw five picks in the first quarter. <laughs> was, that, was that the game where uh, like, oh, we're gonna bench Tyrod Taylor? Yes. Yeah, that was the that was the Tyrod Taylor benching. Never mind, he's yeah. back. <laughs> yeah, they they second thought he's that one real up. quick. I mean, and and I don't think I don't think Josh Allen's gonna wind up being you know as bad as as uh, Peterman is. You know, I mean, I I. I Am I, am I going to sit here and tell you that I, I think, um, you know, uh, Josh Allen is going to be, you know, the next, you know, awful quarterback? Is he going to be the next Ryan Leaf? No, no. Um, I, I don't think that's the case. Is he going to be the next Jamarcus Russell? 
No, but but is this guy going to have a, a special career in the NFL? Ah, you're going to see him running a lot, and you're going to see him get blasted, and he's going to throw a lot of picks, and it's not going to be very fun over there in Buffalo. And speaking of picks, you uh, kind of beat me to it by jumping up too early, but uh, let's talk about Mayfield and Cleveland. Oh, yeah, Baker Mayfield. I have a tendency to do that today. I don't know what's going on. I'm just jumping the gun here. You're just excited. I am excited. You, 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 you jumped the topics early. I did. I got, I, I've been a little excited today. I've been excited. It's, po- it's podcast day. It's, it's recording day. But now we're talking about Cleveland, so we've got to bring the mood down. Oh, it's a, it's a um, sad, sad day. Mayfield. So they, they in the first round, they draft Mayfield first overall, which we all agree was a terrible idea. Yeah. And, and then a couple picks later, they made an equally as terrible decision in taking Ward. And Ward's a good corner, just it wasn't the guy to take there. But no. I digress. Um, the, the moral story here is Mayfield threw his first pick yep. to Ward. <laughs> and Cleveland's quarter, new quarterback is already off to a bad start. However, he has a chance to redeem himself because I don't think he's going to be the only starter. I don't think so. Tyrod will start the season. It'll be Tyrod for sure. Tyrod should start all 16 games and give Mayfield a chance to develop. I agree with that. I don't think Mayfield's pro-ready as everybody thinks he is. I think, you know, and it's like we were saying in in prior episodes, a guy like Baker Mayfield, he is a, a product of a spread offense. That's what he did in college. That's what Baker Mayfield comes from. So when I see him, you know, trying to run a pro-style offense, and, and it's like I was telling you, Hugh Jackson is going to be the guy to teach him a pro-style offense? Come on now. Hugh Jackson just went 0-16. You can't expect him to teach your quarterback a pro-style offense. I mean, it was a bad pick. Now you got Baker throwing throwing interceptions to the now-injured Denzel Ward. Uh, you know, the, it's going to be tough times in Cleveland again. And, and you know, I, I thought that they couldn't screw that pick up. And they screwed it up. And and originally, I remember Tyler and I thinking, you know what? Bold prediction. We're gonna see. We're gonna see. You know, Cleveland go and win eight this year. That ain't gonna happen. That ain't gonna happen after that draft they had. That's not happening. It's it's. They also often, have a tough schedule. Yep, they have a very tough schedule. Yeah, the AFC North has to go face the. Uh... NFC South. Yeah. And, and the toughest division in football right now. Yep. And you know Drew Brees is just going to have a field day with that one. Drew Brees and Matt Ryan, the newly signed Matt, Bryan, Matt Ryan, which is just going to be absolutely fantastic. So moving on to the quarterback train, we have, we're have we going over to Arizona, where uh, Bradford is named the starter as it stands. But Rosen has looked phenomenal, as a lot of people predicted. In training camp so far, so will Brett remain the starter? He probably should at least start, but I don't think he's going to finish. I I don't think so. I that's where where I'm in. I disagree with you. I think Rosen has looked so good in camp, and this kid when when he was drafted, they said he was the most pro ready quarterback in the draft. He's got a great arm. Um, they they question his heart. That that's they question you know how much he cares to play football. He he brings on that. Very cocky attitude. Yeah, and and at the same time, you've got uh, he's he's not going to have any problem outshining Mike Lennon. Let's face that. that that's that's not. first and foremost. And and they're already saying Mike Lennon might be a guy that that doesn't even make the roster this year. Oh, I believe it. So now you're looking at at Josh Rosen, and and he's been looking very very good as a quarterback. And I'm excited. I'm excited for Arizona. I want to see what this kid can do. It could be something really special over there. Yeah. He has a lot of drive. Absolutely. So now my issue is they, Arizona paid Sam Bradford one year twenty million. Mm-hmm. Twenty million. 
So I, I, I'm hard-pressed to think they're going to they're gonna dump that project early. They're going to give him the chance to make that his team. It's going to be his job to lose when we start the season. They're in rebuild mode. There's no reason to, to shove Rosen out there. They're going to give Bradford that chance to succeed first. If they give Bradford that, that uh, opportunity, I mean, okay. I, I can see Sam Bradford starting the season. we got to remember, this is the same guy that came in week one last year, had himself, I mean, a hell of a game. And then, you know, week two, he wasn't starting anymore. It was all Case Keenum. So, I mean, we got to remember this guy, and, and it's been the Sam Bradford story his entire career. This guy cannot remain healthy. He's got knees made of wood. I mean, let, let's face it. Sam Bradford won't remain healthy. Honestly, I'd be surprised if they didn't put Rosen in uh, moving into training camp. Apparently, Bradford, you know, he's been kind of overlooked. I mean, it's he, he's been uh, uh, somebody that, that not a lot of people have been looking at. And uh, Bradford was given the day off, um, you know, one day during practice. He, he puked on the field 20 minutes into, into <laughs> practice. So, I, I don't know. I don't know if it could have been a little bug, but, I mean, Rosen has looked great. His timing's been on. He's, I mean, he, he's throwing well. I mean, he's hitting his, his tight ends really well. I mean, this could be the guy. I feel like Bradford's going to play maybe six to eight games, and depending on where the Cardinals are, they're going to – choose what they're going to do. And I think at that point it will be Rosen. I agree with that 100%. And a little fun fact on Sam Bradford, his, throughout his underwhelming career so far, he has earned $129 million. It's insanity. He, he's gotten a lot of very generous contracts. Yeah, For a guy like that to receive that the, these humongous contracts, and it's always been something I've scratched my head about. The Vikings paid him 15 Now he's getting, he's getting 20 in Arizona. I mean, why? Why are you giving guys like the, you know, like the injury-prone Sam Bradford huge contracts? It's like Mike Glennon. Why are you giving Mike Glennon a contract like that? It's crazy talk. The guy has what? He didn't His even deal in Chicago last year. Yeah, he had. He had. And I'm not even going to say he had a good year in Tampa because it was a crappy year in Tampa. And then he goes off and he gets signed to some some giant contract that he doesn't deserve. Uh, I mean, An average of 16 million a year he's earned since his rookie season. Yeah, it's it's nuts. So uh, you shouldn't be handing that that type of of uh, money to a guy like Sam Bradford, let alone Mike Lennon. Especially to the quarterback that has been the most injury prone quarterback of the last decade. Yep, and and now I'm I'm over here going, what is happening? Um, I really hope beyond hope that Rosen starts. I hope he starts the season. I believe Josh Rosen can, can and will start. I hope this he does season. too. It just kind of gives you that you know this is his team. They chose him for a reason. Mm -hmm. He goes out there and he's he has all that pride in his own work. He has all that confidence. Yeah. It makes sense that you give him a chance to back up his words. Right. He's he's let him be the leader. He's come in and and uh, he's he's commanded his team and and we, I I don't know if you saw any of the the video clips of him um, out there at practice and stuff like that. I got the the privilege of watching a few of those those clips and you could tell this guy was commanding that offense. You could tell he walked in there with confidence. You could tell he was he was acting making smart throws. He he was he knew what he was presenting. He knew what he wanted to be. He knew he wants to be. He knows he wants to be the guy. I like this. I like I like the fact that this guy is a stand-up quarterback that can play good ball. He can deliver the ball effectively. I love it. I think it's great. And and it seems as though his teammates respect him, too. In the huddle, you see the way that they reacted to him, and they respect Josh Rosen, and I like that. And let's hope that it, it, um, it carries over into the season and 
Arizona does have a good year. I'd love to see a guy like Larry Fitzgerald get a chance at another championship. Like, you know, he, he's made it there before, and we, they lost to the Steelers. But this is a guy that, des- that definitely deserves it. Yeah, and, and Larry Fitzgerald, that, that's a guy that should have been winning a championship. And, and th- this could be uh, one of his last years in the sun, if not his last year in the sun. So exactly. we, we got to hope. I, I mean, I would love to see a guy like Larry Fitzgerald take off and, and finally get that bowl. So we'll, we'll see if he gets that under uh, old Josh Rosen, and we'll see if Josh Rosen starts this year. It'll definitely be interesting how this – this is probably the most interesting quarterback battle of everyone in the league. Oh, yeah. Moving on in our quarterback train, we're going to go to the purple team and not your Vikings. Oh. Going over to Baltimore. And this is one of the less intriguing stories this year just because this this is definitely a situation where the quarterback's not starting this year. It's a next year thing or the year after if something goes really, really, really well. And uh, really all the report out of Baltimore there is uh, – is Lamar Jackson? Um, well, not he's look. He, nothing's coming out of training camp, one way or another. So you, you can you can safely say things are looking on mm. pace and okay. Yep. But the big the big thing is is uh the uh, coaching staff is looking for very uh, interesting ways to incorporate him into the offense this year. Yeah. So they want to get him involved early, and with his speed and with his athleticism, you can see that in more of a receiver role, or you can see that in more of a wildcat role. It'll, it'll be interesting. And I know I've talked to both of you about this in the past, and my standpoint, I can't see Joe doing it. Most players wouldn't because they want to make money. But uh, an ideal situation, I, if he was willing to do it, say this season, Ravens go 11-5, visual round, just kind of mill-pack offense, or mill-pack uh, playoff situation. Yep. I see Baltimore go, coming up to Joe and say, hey, we want to up your contract to about 15, 16 million a year. And uh, we want to become the league's first dual threat split quarterback system. And 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 it's a, it's the, it'd be the perfect situation to do that because you have two completely different quarterbacks. Joe's a pocket passer with a deep ball and Lamar's a uh, dual threat quarterback. If done if in an ideal world if done right, that could be dangerous and defenses could have they have a tough time handling that. But the problem is there's a guy like Joe Flacco who's and really, most quarterbacks aren't going to want to be in this type of situation. They want to be the guy. That's what that's what everyone dreams of when they become a quarterback. I, I think everybody is, you know, the the rumor is around the league that that they're putting Lamar Jackson in special packages, and and they they're I think they're going to regret that. I think teams are going to start realizing what's coming when you see Lamar in a special package like that. A lot of teams they go out there and they they. Um, you know, they're going to see that guy and they're going to expect him just to take off and start running and, and whatever he does. And that's not always going to get the job done. And um, I, I think you're going to see him on – you may see uh, Lamar on a couple of third and short situations. But, but you know, are you going to, you know, have them alternating quarterbacks or anything like that? No. I, I am not with you in the idea that uh, I, I don't believe – I believe at the end of this year it's Super Bowl or bust for Ravens. For Joe Flacco and the Ravens, it is Super Bowl or bust. If they do not win a Super Bowl, Joe Flacco is gone. They're not going to cut his deal. They're not going to cut it in half. They're not going to ask for a pay cut. There's no asking for a pay cut. I'm I'm paying you $26 million a year. I want Super Bowl. You know, and and a $26 million quarterback, I want a Super Bowl out of the guy. And if I'm not getting it, well, hey, I just drafted a brand new guy, way younger than, than Joe Flacco. I mean, Joe Flacco is what, 33? 33 this year. Yeah, so he's 33 years old. 
So you, you just picked up a guy that's 12 years younger, and he's supposed to be one of the next big things, and you just got him for, for next to nothing because you got him. He's a, he was a first-rounder that you got at the very last pick of the first round. So am I looking at this situation and going, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he's my guy. I, yep, and I don't know that he's going to wind up being the king of the universe over there in Baltimore. I don't know if he's going to wind up being you know, a, a, a superstar. I mean, the, the hope is that he's not going to turn out like RG3. And, and that's the thing I've, I've told you both in the past here. I hate these type of quarterbacks. No, running quarterbacks are the worst. Sometimes they turn out well. Um, Russell Wilson. And he turned out well because he adapted. Yeah, they have to adapt. You have to learn how to play in this league and be a pocket passer. You, unless you're a pocket passer, you're not going to survive in the NFL. you got to play smart football. Yeah, and they're, they're, there's guys out there that just don't do that. And Lamar Jackson, he's going to have to learn to adapt. It might be good for him to sit behind Joe. I, I mean, I think Joe Flacco would, was a good quarterback to sit behind. Is he a great quarterback? No, no. but it's a it's good to sit under that learning and, tree and get a year. And he has the best chance to adapt because he's sitting be, back in a system that's designed to do what Lamar doesn't do, be a pocket passer. Right. So it's a great system for her to, for him to learn to be a pocket passer. If he can get that down and learn to be that, he's going to excel in this. He league. just has to go in there with the confidence that he can do that. If he goes out there and he thinks, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. I'm going to scramble. I'm going to do flashy things. I'm going to strut my fail. stuff. He's going to fail. Yeah, he will fail. He might even end up like an RG3. Worse. Getting, getting hurt and, you know, just uh, being his own worst enemy. The, the most notable guy, though, that has been successful doing that kind of thing, to me, is Trubisky. And you see a guy like Trubisky, and he likes to extend plays. He likes to scramble out of the pocket. But it's got to be done right. And it's well, got to be done. It's almost, it's got to be, I guess, what you would call like, Tasteful scrambling. Trubisky's yeah. doing well, but I, I I wouldn't say he's most successful. You got to get Russell Wilson. No, and Russell would not want a Super Bowl doing. I I don't. Converting his style. I don't think he's he's the thing about Russell Wilson is Russell Wilson Wilson has become a pocket passer. How often do you see really Russell Wilson running anymore? It's, I'll tell you what, One it's not often. pressure, that's usually when it happens. Yeah, it's, most of the time he's sitting in that pocket. Yeah, he knows how to stand strong. And Russell Wilson's just like Drew Brees. I think Russell, he's, he likes to stand strong in the pocket. And he's not a super tall guy. He can see over his linemen still, though. He's got great vision. But a guy like Russell Wilson can really heave ho that ball down the field, just like Brees can. And, and yeah. I like that. And another guy who's a, who's a dual threat. He used to be run first, still is because he can't help himself. But can still move the ball in the pocket. That's Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yeah, and and Cam is he's a scrambling type of guy. Um, one thing that that I can point out over there in Carolina though is is they've never altered that offense. You know, they they started him in a spread offense, and they've kept it a spread offense in Carolina. And that's something that I think really stands out about Cam Newton is they they just kept his college style offense, and for some weird reason it works. But it didn't work very well last year, and, and it's it's showing that he needs to, no, no, to have no, a few more weapons. Last year it worked well because they, they, they damn near won the division. Oh, I'm sorry, not last year, the year before, rather. But it, it's been hit or miss. Okay. Yep. Yeah, exactly. They go Super Bowl, out of the playoffs, back to the playoffs. It, it, it's got, questionable. Consistence. It's questionable. you got to have good coverage to take on Carolina. Now, um, I'm going to move up here. And I, I'm going to ask you a question, Tyler. I have to ask this question. This is one of those questions that I've got. So the rumor is that, and, and according to Mason Rudolph and over there in Pittsburgh, that Ben Roethlisberger sent him a good luck text before the start of minicamp. Now, do you feel that that good luck text 
was sincere. After every, after everything we've heard, was yeah. that was that text yeah. sincere? The back panel for everyone who may not um, be up to date on everything. Um, right after the draft, uh, or soon after, it was, it was after our show. Ben came out and he was, well, why are we drafting a quarterback? Or that, that doesn't help us win now. What are we doing? And it came off as very coming from a guy who was going to retire last year. Yeah, it, it seemed very catty, didn't it? Yeah. That's probably the best way to put it. Yeah, it sounds like a guy who doesn't know what he really wants to do. Yeah, he's like a sounds like a woman. No, all of a sudden he's like, "Oh, I've been playing for the next three to five years. We don't, we don't need to draft a quarterback yet." And, and don't get me wrong, I will take any opportunity to to uh, talk crap about Pittsburgh and Big Ben all day long. I can do it all day, but Ben was talking retired. So why are you upset? Pittsburgh was reacting to what you told them was the plan. Right. And all of a sudden, you're not going anywhere. And so, no, I don't think – I think the uh, good luck text to Rudolph was in response to trying to play nice after all the reports came out. Yeah, I, I also think a lot of it – it might have been a sh- just a really just a shooty type of thing. He, he kind of went after him a little bit kind of to say, uh, well, good luck taking my spot. And that's kind of what I would take that as if I was if I was. You know, good good luck. You know, removing me from this position. I'm Ben Roethlisberger, and I'm king of the world. Now, do you think? Do you think um, Mason Rudolph takes that position before the year is out? No, Absolutely. no, no, no. Um, Big Ben is still playing top notch football. He is still one of the best quarterbacks in the league, and he's proven it every year. Yeah. Now, and, and barring an injury, I mean, let's say let's say an injury happens. Still, old Ben Roethlisberger. Rudolph comes in because, uh, um, what's that? Um, Jones. Jones is he's, he's not, not the, guy. the guy. Not even close. <laughs> so, so, and if Rudolph does come in in that situation with Ben being down and performs well, does Rudolph take the spot? Do they move forward away? If if you are an NFL general manager, and and if you're the general manager of the the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, do you move forward and say? Get me, get me away from the Ben Roethlisberger deal. You're, I mean, it's less money, and you'd be taking a shot on on Mason Rudolph. No, um, no, the Big, Big Ben is is not. As long as Big Ben wants to be the starter, he's playing too good of football to do anything besides let Big Ben be the starter. Rudolph does not come in until Big Ben's ready to be done, right. barring an injury or barring um a, a digress in, in, in skill and digress in how he's playing. That is Ben. The way he's playing, that is Ben's job until Ben's ready to quit. Now, now let's say you use him as trade bait. How crazy would that be? Would that would that be an interesting thing? I'll add this. I think that if if uh, if Rudolph comes in after a Roethlisberger injury of of sorts and uh, plays phenomenal or whatever, and uh, I th- I think you have no, uh, you have every right to look at that and say, look. We have to consider this. Uh, ben was talking retirement. He has a big contract. We still have to re-sign Le'Veon Bell. Yep. We have, you know, we have all we we have to worry about the future of the team. Yeah. And uh, you drafted this kid, and you, and in hopes that he would be your future. So at that point, I think if he came in, you have n- no, it's no question. You look at that as an option. It and and mm-hmm. all that really depends on how Rudolph looks. Because this kind of reminds me of a, of a conversation I I joke I had a, I joked about it last year and that was 
Maybe New England trades Brady and, and rocks Garoppolo. Yeah, that and could. I think too many reports <laughs> came out on that, and, and we all know how that turned out. Um, yeah. Brady didn't like it, and he went to Belichick. Belichick said, well, I'm not getting rid of Garoppolo, and Brady whined and went above his head, and now 49ers have benefited from that. Yeah. Um, could that same thing happen in Pittsburgh? Yes, it could, but it really depends on how Rudolph looks. Could Rudolph be the next guy? He could. Could he? Could he bust? He could. I think I think if I'm the Pittsburgh Steelers, I'm looking to trade Ben right now for the amount of money. And I think I think Josh is absolutely right. The wild card in this situation, the the big wild card is Le'Veon Bell. I mean, you you look at at who the guy is that they want to sign. They franchise this guy, ta- franchise tag this guy two years in a row. You're not about to do it a third year, otherwise you're going to be just. I mean, you might as well. I don't just, think you can. No, I think there's a rule against it. And and so you you can't tag him again. So you're going to have to give him his contract. Ben's got his enormous contract. See you later, Ben. And uh, Le'Veon's actually carrying that team on his back at, t- at times in games. You're, some there's games where Antonio Brown isn't. He's a big, non-factor. You know? And then you have Le'Veon Bell, who's absolutely tearing it up out there, and he's doing it to earn that money. He yeah. wants that money, and he deserves it. And I don't think that that Pittsburgh, with Ben on their roster right now, I don't think they can pay him. They can't. And I think that's the big issue. They they don't have a ton of cap space. They're going to have to pay him eventually. Otherwise, you're going to let the, the best running back in the league waltz out the door. So what do you do? They drafted a quarterback. I think eventually you're going to see Mason Rudolph enter the fray. I think that you're going to see Mason Rudolph uh, uh, chucking the ball around the way that he does. And uh, I, I think he's going to wind up being the next big thing over there in uh, in Pittsburgh. And, and a lot of people don't think that. But for a late-round pick, this guy is something special. And I think he's going to wind up being a long-term guy in this league. And also to, to quickly add to that, I'll say that the reason the New England Patriots are, you know, so, are so well, do so well with their money and with their players is look at Tom Brady. He's not asking for a lot. No. He goes out there, takes pay cuts. They add to their teams, and that's how they win championships. They, they do it right. I agree in um, taking pay cuts helps win championships. What I disagree on is the reason why Brady is taking pay cuts. I, I, I actually it's funny you bring this up because me and Scott just talked about this. Um, mm-hmm. Brady takes pay cuts, in my opinion, is because he, of all people in the league, he doesn't need the money. He he is not the breadwinner in his family. Giselle makes makes more money than he does. So if uh, taking a small pay cut, which is going to be just pennies to them, help make the team better, then fine. That's exactly what the the point I was trying to make is. He's not asking. He's just saying, look. I'm going to do take whatever you're going to give me, and I'm going to roll with it, and I'm going to bring you championships. And in that case, we just better our team every year. Yeah, and one thing I also wanted to point out in, well, a lot of us like to feel that that a guy like Mason Rudolph, he's a third rounder, he, uh, he can't replace Ben Roethlisberger. I got to tell you, if I had to look at these guys in Steelers uniforms side by side, and and say from a hypothetical standpoint, they were wearing the same number. I wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're both big boys. They're both they play exactly the same. They're they're both. I mean, six five. I mean, they're they're big guys. And, and I agree, but let's let's not kid ourselves though. Big Ben is a future Hall of Famer, first ballot. Oh, he's a Hall of Fame. I don't know first ballot. I think maybe second or third, but I don't think he's first ballot by any means. He's got a Super Bowl. He's he's consistent in the playoffs every year. He has more of a reason to make it than Rodgers. If you if you look at that standpoint. No, I mean, I Rodgers guess. is a better quarterback. But as far as consistent playoffs, it's Ben. If if we're gonna talk, you know, playoffs and bowls, but I don't think playoffs and, and Super Bowls are, are what makes a Hall of Famer. But I digress. 
But Tyler, we've got one more stop on the quarterback we train. We have one more stop on the quarterback train. This is where the train ends, and then we're going to go over to Dallas. Oh, boy. A couple things to talk about Mr. Prescott over there. After a very poor 2017, Dak, Pres- or Dak didn't say this, but uh, Dallas management has said that Dak Prescott's going to get paid what he deserves. What does that mean? Yeah, that's That's pretty vague. That's a that's a vague thing to say, you know. What does Dak Prescott deserve? I mean, we're also talking about Jerry Jones. Yeah, Jerry Jones is is a character. So He's let's, a character. let's keep in mind what other quarterbacks have gotten, whether you agree with what they got or not. That is going to be the uh, measuring stick. Yeah. Whether it's like some, does Dak Prescott deserve more than Sam Bradford? Absolutely not. Yeah, I think he does. Absolutely not. Uh, and, no, and I don't. He, I don't think he deserves. Twenty million. No, but he deserves more. He's a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. I, I think he's a. I think he's a better quarterback than Sam Bradford. But you know, if if I had to actually put the two side by side, I mean, if we're talking Dak Prescott, twenty sixteen, we're talking a guy with a sixty seven completion percentage. He led the league that year. Um, you know, he had three uh, thirty six hundred yards. MVP 20, watch. Yeah, but he was on the MVP watch. Twenty three touchdowns, four interceptions. I mean, rookie of the year watch. I mean, there's there's all kinds of stuff. The the guy was was great. Now, last year, if we're talking Dak Prescott last year, not so much. I mean, he he had an okay year. I'm not going to sit here and say he had some incredible year. But 86 completion percentage, uh, or I'm sorry, 80, 86 rating rather, 62% completion percentage. Um, three, he had a little over 3,300 yards, 22 touchdowns. The big imperative thing, though, is he, he went three times the amount of interceptions he had. He went from 4 to 13 from 2016 to 2017. So that yeah, says a lot. I think he stopped playing smart football is what he did. Yeah, he started just kind of chucking the ball around. and, and Or, here's a crazy thought. You were, you were without Ezekiel Elliott for a lot of the year. Yeah. How much of Dallas' success in 2016 was Ezekiel Elliott related and not that? Yeah, and, and that could be. Uh, that could be. I, I think Dak Prescott, this year will be the telling year for him. He definitely had a sophomore slump. Uh It'll it'll be a telling year as far as what Dak Prescott does under center with Ezekiel Elliott back in the lineup. I mean, and teams are watching for Elliott. You know they're watching for Elliott. They know Elliott's going to sting them. They know Elliott's going to come out and, and lower that shoulder and start hitting people. That they, they as he's as he's running, uh, you know that Ezekiel Elliott's coming. And and teams watch for him primarily before anything. And I think it buys Dak some time. But you know, does he deserve more than Bradford? I, I think they're as of right now they're kind of on the level, and, and that's to go to show how where the, where the quick numbers are because Bradford doesn't deserve twenty million. Absolutely, Dak, not. but but if you're ignoring the numbers, I'd say Dak and Sam are on the same level. But twenty million just seems outrageous to me. Twenty million's outlandish. But, but Dak Prescott, I'm going to throw the bold prediction out. It it when that it, when it, when is his contract out? I believe he's in a contract year next year. Yeah, so it's got, usually four years. So yeah, got this year next year. Yep. Um, mark my words, Dak will end up with twenty-four million a year. Twenty-four million—that's a big number. I agree. I disagree. I just think. I mean, I can agree with him because it's Jerry Jones. Yeah, that's that's a big. Thing. Yeah, his contract year is in twenty nineteen. Um, he'll be he'll be an unrestricted free agent in uh, twenty twenty. So he got two seasons. So left. he's got two seasons left. Um, so about a year from now, we're we'll looking at signing him. And and fun thing about the Dak Prescott contract is he's making peanuts right now. <laughs> uh, base salary right now six hundred and thirty thousand. So, Reminds me of Russell Wilson when he first got to Seattle. Yep, he's he's making peanuts. He's got um, a total cap hit of seven two five. 
Uh, I mean, seven hundred twenty-five k. So I mean, uh, that's that's not a lot. Yeah, and the crazy thing is, is you know, because it's so low now, it's going to be perfect for when because you know I think him and Ezekiel Elliott will have the same. Oh you know, yeah, same contract year. Yep. yep. So you know that's going to be the big thing. He's got to perform these next two years as well. Yep. And both those guys are, you know, I think they're both going to get bigger deals. Obviously, I, I think that goes without saying. But you know, is Dak a twenty million dollar guy? He's got to play like his former self. Yeah, he's going to have to play like he did in year one. Now he says he wants to be the best quarterback in Cowboys history. Now that's yeah. You got you got a guy like Troy Aikman. To, and and I mean, not, he hasn't even followed Romo yet. Let's not even get to Troy Aikman yet. And people crap on Tony Romo, but Tony Romo was a very good quarterback. He just, yeah. He he just threw interceptions at the worst times, just when everyone's watching. Yeah, and and that's that's a big one. I mean, uh, I I don't know where anybody gets off saying that they want to be the greatest Dallas Cowboys quarterback of all time when you've got guys like, you know. Uh, Staubach and you know, I mean, where did Sammy Ball play? Is that also there? I'm not sure. Sammy Ball, you said? Yeah, I can find out. A U G H. Sammy Ball. Let's see here. Sammy Ball. So, I mean, Dallas had a long history of great quarterbacks. So, now I Sammy Ball was in Washington. Okay. Right, right, he's right, from Texas. Yeah, he's ah, from Texas. Well, right from division, Texas. right state. Whatever. Man, you really reached for that one. That was 1914. He was born. <laughs> <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete's like I know my football history pretty well, especially through the Super Bowl area era. But whoa, man. But my, my point was Dallas had a long, rich history of great football teams. Yes. But now here's the thing: I appreciate the guy being confident, but I'm one of those keep your mouth shut and go do it. Yep, yep, and that's that's the big one, and he he wants to be one of the greatest of all time. I mean, kudos to him. I don't blame him, but at the same time, you got a tall order when you're talking Dallas Cowboys. Absolutely. So, kind of jumping off the quarterback train, um, I'm gonna spitfire through some some other news going through the league right now, and let's start near the top here. Browns have officially been chosen for Hard Knocks this season. I hate this. I hate the Hard Knocks thing. You're gonna see um, the the, the prof- you're gonna see a professional football team. See what it takes to be a professional football team that wins one game in two years. Yeah, that's that's what we're looking now, at. They're not gonna go eight and eight like we thought, but they're still no. gonna win probably six. I I think that the drought will come to an end at some point, but it's not coming to end to an end in in probably the first half of the season. But uh, I'm I'm just kind of giggling about this hard knocks thing. Every time this hard knocks thing comes around, the team does bad. Mm-hmm. Have you ever noticed that? It's Tampa just a, Bay last year. Yeah, it's just a big, ugly distraction. Everyone had high hopes for Tampa Bay last season, and they won five games. I, I mean, I when I look at Tampa Bay, you look at a talented team on paper, and then they come out on the field, and they just aren't impressive. And and we've seen this before. I mean, every and, and Tampa, I, I had so many people telling me Tampa Bay was not only winning their division, but that they. I had people saying they were going to the, the bowl. I had people saying that they were going to the, the NFC Championship game. I had people saying they were a playoff team. I had people saying that they were going to have a fantastic season. They were now, garbage last I will year. say, I predicted Tampa Bay in the playoffs last season. On paper, their team looks great. They have a great quarterback. The defense is building. but it, Great receiving core. Great receiving core. Like, what's going on in Tampa Bay? I don't think anyone, anyone really knows. No, and I don't. I, I, I think just, it might be poor coaching. Yeah, and it could be just as simple as, simple as that. I mean, we've been through this before. I mean, you remember the, the Philadelphia Eagles and the super team 
I mean, like we we. I mean, they brought him Lovey Smith. Okay. Right. And then they dumped him for uh, Cutter or Cutter or whatever his last what last name is, you know. And then you know you're seeing a, a product that's just like meh. Yeah, and and um, Lovey Smith, I don't think he was that bad of a coach. He's, he was. He's not. Uh, I, I looked. I looked. At, I looked at him quite a few times. Like, why did they do that? I mean, what look what he did in Chicago. Yeah. Dirk Dirk Coder is is the kind of guy I I I don't really I mean he's had a nine and seven record in twenty sixteen, missed the playoffs, horrible two thousand seventeen campaign. I mean, do you do you buy this guy? No, I I don't buy him. I think Lovey Smith was the the far better option. Yep. Uh, it, it none of it makes sense. The guy bleeds Tampa. Yeah, yeah. He it was it, he was the he was the perfect option, and I I just I don't get it. Um, but you know, hey, we'll see. Having hard knocks, it'll be interesting. I mean, the Browns can't get any worse. I'll yeah, definitely they, be tuning in. Yeah, they, they can't be get. They can't get any worse. And you're gonna you're gonna see Baker Mayfield uh, throwing picks, picks to throwing picks, throwing picks. That's that's what you're gonna see. So but, wahoo for that. <laughs> kind of going on here. Um, a nice bold prediction from David Johnson himself. He intends on having a thousand yards receiving. And a thousand yards rushing this season. Woo! That's a tall, tall now, order. Now David Johnson is very talented. Oh yeah, he's he's probably the number one or two running back in the league right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna put him at four. Four. You got Bell. You got you got Elliott. You got Gurley that he's under, especially him coming back from injury. I don't know if he's I mean, it was just a, it was it was it was a wrist injury. He was ready to come back. You know, at uh, later in the season, they just said right. We were we're we're not going anywhere. There's no point. He can take the rest of the year off. Yep. Yeah, to, to me, it's 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 Bell, Elliott, Gurley, then Johnson, and that's really that's like that's your, that's your uh uh what's that what's the thing with the presidents? I can't think of it. Um, Mount that's your, your Mount, Mount Rushmore. Rushmore that's your, your current Rushmore running backs right now for current running backs. Well, actually, and and I, I know we want to talk about about David Johnson. Um, you know, I, I think a guy that and and I know you're going to hate this, but a guy that's in competition with him would be Shady McCoy over there in Buffalo. He's still been consistently good. He's been consistently good, but he hasn't been consistently up there with Bell, Elliott, Johnson. Johnson. Johnson uh, I, I to be honest with you, I'm not a big Todd Gurley guy. You know that. I don't buy Todd Gurley. Um, he had he had a hell of a season last year, but nothing overly spectacular. Thirteen hundred and five yards. Eh. Number one running back. Uh, number two, Kareem Hunt was number one. In yards, in yards. Yes, sir. Thirteen twenty-seven. How about touchdowns? I uh, might have been Gurley. I'd have to take Gurley a look. Thirteen. You have Hunts up? No, I don't have Hunts up. Oh, great. You, 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 you completely screwed up that momentum. Well, on. excuse me. I mean, <laughs> I, I was busy looking at yards, but Hunt was the uh, um, was the the rushing leader fair, last year. Fair enough. He was he the rushing eight. He had eight touchdowns. So I mean. Realistically, though, I mean, I, I don't buy Gurley. I don't think he's that great. Um, uh, eh. I, I'm I'm debating whether or not uh, Todd Gurley is the the amazing rusher that everybody makes him out to be. But I, I digress. Yeah, we're digressing. You got Fournette in there too. Things gonna really blow up. Yeah, there's so many talented running backs. Yeah, yeah. But kind of moving on down the list. Um, speaking of running backs, going to your Vikings. Yeehaw. Mr. Getting Old, but wants to be a starter. Hey, he's not my Viking anymore. <laughs> Come on now. Okay, but rewind three seasons, you'd probably uh, uh, do some things with him. No, no. Hey, two years ago, Scott traded me as a uh, first round, or traded me first round picks in the uh, fantasy draft, and just to get AP, and he 
dude. He was supposed to be a monster that year. He almost was, and then he got hurt. (laughs) Almost was. He got hurt very early. And what did he do last season? Yeah, I know, right? I I knew last season he was going to be garbage. Anyway, Adrian Peterson believes he can still be a scutter in this league. I think he's done. I think he's done. Um, I, I most people think he's done. I don't think I don't think the coaching staffs have a belief in him that like they used to. I don't think general managers have a belief in him like they used to. I think that really stood out when the Saints gave him three point five and then traded him. I think he's got a bad attitude. I think he's better. I think he, he believes he's better than he is. Uh, Adrian Peterson, it, he he's had some great years. Kudos to him. Is he going to be in the Hall of Fame? Probably. But is Adrian Peterson that guy anymore at his age? Absolutely not. He's got the, the shot knees. Eh. He got Madden cursed. Yeah. I, I, yeah, and that's it. He's, he's, <laughs> he's 33 years old. He's on the downstroke. I, I don't buy him. Um, D'Angelo Hall is officially retiring for the season. That's, or, that's or, a sad this one. Season, but after last season, he, he's done. It's, it's a hard loss. Eh, he, I mean, I... You get up there in age. He, he's, he's getting up. Yeah, he's he's an old guy. Yeah, yeah. He's thirty four. I, I, I stand corrected. He's not getting up there in age. He's got up in age, yeah. past the age the age to where he should retire and still play. Thir- well, thirty four years old. It's not the past the age, but I mean for a for a corner, eh? Um, he did he did announce his retirement. Um, I think he played safety last year. Yeah, yeah. When you when you you know your career is on the on the back half when when you get moved from corner to safety. Um, but I mean, he, he had yeah, he's had a good career. He had a very good career. But after a while, I, I think it's it's time he started giving up big plays. Um, that, and that was a big thing. They they always would talk about mismatches when it came to Washington, and they would always talk about the things that that he, you know, the, they always talk about like the big plays that he gave up and how he was targeted by quarterbacks. Quarterbacks knew where the mismatches were. They would put their their honking receivers and sometimes even big old tight ends on a guy like D'Angelo Hall. And, um, you know, and, and kudos to D'Angelo Hall. He says, well, I haven't retired. My, my official retirement announcement isn't going to come until, you know, such and such day. And he's not retired per se. He's still going to be doing something probably football related, but he says he's played his last football game. So he's retired. I mean, from, from actual play, um, what he does from here, whether it's coaching or whatever, who knows? yeah, who who knows what he's doing? But I mean, after a while, he started becoming more of a detriment to the Redskins as opposed to something good for the Redskins. Absolutely. Moving on forward, the uh, Colts say that there is no question that Luck will be ready to go for the season. Oh my gosh! I hope he is. Luck is one of my favorite quarterbacks, mm-hmm. but and the draft proved it. The Colts. Will not protect him. He's gonna get hurt again if they can't get an offensive line for him. I don't. I don't know if the draft proved it because they did go out and and get Quinton Nelson. Um, but they they're so they are gonna protect him in a way. Uh, I I think Quinton Nelson. I mean, they got the best guard in the draft. I mean, kudos to the the Colts for for kind of finally you know. No, I stand correct. You're right. You're right. But, you know, for but for but they they haven't protected him for a while, and now you've got a guy that looks like a crash test dummy walking out on the you know on the field, and he's he's just all bandaged up and glued back together. He looks like Frankenstein, and and you know they're hoping this guy's going to be able to function at the beginning of the year. He's had some hellacious injuries throughout his entire career. Ah, gosh, that's going to be a tough one to to. 
it's going to be tough to see whether or not Andrew Luck can go at the beginning of the year the way that Andrew Luck can. Um, I want to hope he can. I really do like Andrew Luck, but uh, there's a lot of questions there. Moving on forward, um, will Brandon Marshall have a team this year? Can <laughs> Brandon Marshall still go? Well, it's not with the Giants. <laughs> I mean, maybe, uh, maybe uh, Des and Marshall can uh, join hands and find a team together. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they they need to get together and and you know sing kumbaya or something. Uh, they they just it it sucks for Brandon Marshall because he opened his big fat mouth and then got cut from from the Giants like an idiot. But um, will Brandon Marshall? I think Brandon. Here's my bold prediction. Brandon Marshall will have a football team before Des Bryant does. I disagree in that wholeheartedly. (laughs) I think Marshall might be done. I don't think he's done. Uh, Brandon Marshall is still a a viable option in the NFL, but when you look at where he's at with the Giants, the Giants have enough options at receiver to the point where they're just going, eh, okay, we can let this guy walk, especially for the money he's asking. Um, But, I mean... Josh, we need you to break the tie. Yeah, come on, Josh. Who gets the team first, Desert Marshall? I'm going with Marshall. There you go. Wow. That a boy. And the reason I'm going with Marshall is I think Marshall would be willing to take the pay cut. Yep. I don't think that – I think Des – because Des is hard-headed. I think that – I mean, Marshall can be too, but I think at the same point Marshall's matured a little more. And uh, at this point, Marshall's at, 30, what, 34 years old now? Mm-hmm. You know, he's at that point where it's like, well, I better I better take what I, what I can get. And, you know, if I can prove it. I mean, I'll go out there and prove it. And one one interesting I want to point out about the difference between Brandon Marshall and Des Bryant going into this whole thing is the number of teams that have actually looked at each receiver since their release. Des has been very few and far between. Brandon Marshall has gone out there, and the Seahawks have looked at him. The 49ers have looked at him. I mean, there's been a number of teams that have said, Brandon Marshall, we'll give him a look. So I think there's there's something to be said there about what this guy is still capable of and what NFL teams actually think of him. And I and I think that he can find a place and he can be kind of like what Antoine Bolden was with the Lions a couple of years ago. I think he can come in and be that veteran present who a quarterback can go to and like, look, I know he I know he knows where to be. Right, right. And Antoine Bolden, you know, he he didn't put up spectacular numbers, but he did have some clutch plays over there in in uh, Detroit. And I, I honestly this this could be a good sp- a good opportunity for Brandon Marshall to get out there and and prove that he can still go at at the uh, ripe old age of thirty four years old. Very well, could be. And moving down the list here, um, talking about people signing, we're talking the opposite. Um, Jeremy again over in Philly can be out for four to six months. That is a huge blow to that defense. Ouch! Ouch! And ouch! Is, I mean, and I, and I I know this guy very well. He started his career in Baltimore, and unfortunately went to Philly, but it was it was a big hit when the Ravens lost him. And and he's only he's only progressed even more and got become an even better player. And yeah, it's a huge loss for the defending champions. Yeah, he's uh, it's surgery. So, I mean, he's going to be out for a minute. Uh, the Jernigan, he's only 25 years old. Okay, so, and, and I don't think he's, he's disruptive. He, he definitely is disruptive as a defensive end, but one, one stat that really kind of stands out to me that shows me that, that he's not anything crazy crazy, only 2.5 sacks last year. Even though the Eagles' defense was, was revered as a great, great defense, 2.5 sacks, but it is still a tough loss for them. Don't they run um, three four? Yeah, he's not a full time starter over so, there. But and that's the thing is when you run a three four, you're um you're 
defensive tackle doesn't get as many sacks. Mm-hmm. You had to be more of a space heater. You had to be a you had to be a big boy, and that's that's how Nada was also in Baltimore. Well, too. Also in a three four defense, most of your sacks come from your linebackers. Exactly. Yes. 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 I mean, he, I I understand that. I just I look at that and I go, eh. If you're if you're a premier guy, you're going to be getting sacks no matter what. You're right. If you're a premier guy, you're gonna I'm I'm looking for uh, you know five, six, seven, eight sacks. It's news, but it's not something that. Philadelphia has to worry about. I mean, yeah. you got Jim Schwartz, who's uh, building a really great defense over he's, there. I mean, he's done that before. He's done this before. Bills. Yep. yep. With the Bills, and they, for some reason, let him go. I yeah. Don't, that was one of the most mind-boggling things that happened over the last two years. As as little as I think of Jim Schwartz as a head coach and and a person, he's you know, a great, because he's I, a great coordinator. He's a great defensive coordinator. I think he's a he's a total jerk in real life. I can't stand him. We can't stand him. But but his his uh, defensive knowledge is something special, and that's kind of like Rex Ryan too, you know. So. And, and there are certain guys who make awful head coaches look great, great coordinators. Absolutely. But uh, just before we go to break here, we have one last piece of news, and and there's been a lot of talk over the last couple of years since they added in the. Uh, the two-strike penalty, uh, two strikes before you get ejected in the game. Mm-hmm. These ejections are, are getting close to where they're going to be subject to review. Wow. And that can be big as we don't, as fans, we don't always agree with the ref's decisions on these penalties. Certain plays, you can say, yeah, he should probably go. Certain plays, you can say, that wasn't on purpose. So if this goes through and, and ejections are subject to review, that could make a big difference in players getting uh, getting ejected. Not only that, but they're getting wrongfully um, fined a bunch of money from one, you know everybody's favorite GM Goodell. Mm-hmm. So well, well, here's here's the the interesting thing about the the um, the ejections here. You you'll actually get a look at whether or not a guy was was clobbering somebody with with the crown of their helmet. I think that's the biggest problem. The biggest thing that you're running into as far as ejections go is guys come running in and they want to you know hit a guy with the crown of their helmet. They lead with the head and they're looking to injure people. And and a lot of the times those calls are pretty cut and dry. But you are going to get those occasions where it's hey you know I didn't mean to do that. It was an accidental hit. I led with the shoulder, my, you know. And, it happens and, a lot. Yeah, and it happens a lot. And, and another thing that you, but uh, it's also going to be something where they need, it doesn't just need to be that being reviewed. They also need to review hits that could potentially be that. Because if you're looking, one thing that, and a team that I always see do this is the New England Patriots. For years, I watched the Patriots take the crown of their helmet. And they used the to. as well. And they used to drive it up into, under the face mask of their opponent and into their chin. And you'd see it all the time. You'd see guys getting knocked out. You know, it, rather than just uh, uh, reviewing the person that just got ejected, you also need to review: should that have been an object or an ejection? Should this guy be ejected right now? You know, for that hit, are we looking at that? It's something that needs to come up. Was there malice in this hit? Was there not malice in this hit? If you didn't inject the guy, should he have been ejected? You gotta think about that. Yeah, we can call it James Harrison. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but on that note, we're gonna take our take a break here. We have two very interesting segments coming up, and we will be back after a short break. We'll be right back here on the outside blitz. Thank you to our musical guests, our musical guests who have been playing on our show recently. We love it. Thank you for providing your music. We love you guys, and we'll be right back right here on the outside blitz.
And welcome back to the Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous Scotty Freytown, along with the trendy Tyler Dean. I am not trendy. The trendy Tyler Dean and the jovial Josh Rigsby. Joshy, how you doing, baby? I'm doing good. Doing good. All right. That's what I like to hear. So we're going to go to some uh, quick news around the league as far as signings go. We got some contracts that uh, got signed, some trades that got made, some cuts that got made. We want to go over those real quick here. First and foremost, I'm going to get into it right here, right now. Robert Quinn traded to the Miami Dolphins. Um, 28 years old. Fantastic deal here for the Dolphins. I think they got away with murder on this one. Um, didn't get traded for much either. A couple of draft picks. A couple of low ball draft picks, too. At 28 years old, guys in the contract year. The Dolphins could potentially walk out with a, 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 a Big signing here, so it, it works out well for Miami. And, and, th and, and this trade happened a couple months ago. Yeah, but, but, but we, uh, we but never Robert got to cover Quinn's it. entering a uh, contract year, so it'll be a big year for Robert Quinn, what happens and what Miami does with that with this contract. Yep, and uh, big news out of New Orleans here. Uh, Kobe Fleener, uh, he was cut. He, he actually um, failed a physical. Failed physical at 29 years old. Um, not allowed to uh, play football for the New Orleans Saints, so he is currently a free agent. Uh, now, on the free agent market, how important do you think it is to certain teams to sign a guy like Kobe Fleener at this point? I don't know. It's tough. He's had some good seasons. He's had some bad seasons. It's, it's tough to really know what you're going to get out of Kobe Fleener. Yep, and, and I think a big thing is, is he didn't pan out like Jimmy Graham did. I think that's what a lot of folks are looking at. People were hoping he would pan out like Jimmy Graham did, uh, especially with all the success he had with Drew Brees. And Kobe Fleener just did not have that success. So it, it raises that question of uh, whether or not he's going to be able to get signed to that big deal. I don't think he really, honestly, he's worth any any more than two point five to maybe three million. He won't make a lot. He won't make a lot. I, I think I think about two point five is I feel about like the if max. There's a team out there's going to sign be a team that needs a tight end, maybe in Detroit, yeah, or you know just. You know, or a team that's just looking at like, oh, we'll, we'll give him a shot, see, see what we can get out of him. Yep, and and there's a lot of teams that have already uh, they they've signed some questionable tight ends. So I mean, that there's guys over there um, that that could use deals. Um, another big signing over in uh, Indianapolis. We're talking Austin Howard gets signed, um, just a one year deal, right through 2018, set to make uh, 4.25. Um, he's he's got a 1.9 base salary. Um, the rest is all signing bonuses, so he gets some guaranteed money there. Um, great selection here. Great, great choice. This guy always gets overlooked. I, I always feel like he's all over the place. He, he had a decent career in Baltimore there. and it, Yeah. It, it, and I'm surprised they didn't re-sign him, but in, in culture, get him at, at a decent discount despite having a good year in Baltimore. Yeah, he's always been overlooked. I, I look at him, he was an undrafted free agent in 2010. He's been around the league for a while. He's 31 years old. He's still got a lot of tread left on the tires. He, he's, he's a guy that really knows what he's doing. Good pass blocker. I like him a lot. I like this signing a lot. And, and the Colts, kudos to them. Um, they get another guy that's going to protect Andrew Luck effectively. Um, I, I like this signing. I think this this is is one of the better signings that this league has seen over the course of um, uh, th this last offseason. I, I, Austin Howard is going to be something special. Um, a weird one here, a weird signing. Um, I didn't expect him to be to be moving all over the place the way he was, but Matt Jones got cut by Indianapolis. 
signed by the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, I mean, a relatively low ball contract from, from what we're hearing. They haven't given us a definitive number, but he did sign a contract with the Eagles. Um, <clears throat> he's going to be kind of teamed up with Jay Ajayi. I don't understand how you can let a guy with with the age, he, he's only 25 years old, a guy, and he was selected in the third round. I mean, it's not like he was an undrafted free agent or anything like that. You'll want to let a guy like Matt Jones walk out the door for for relatively nothing. You just cut him. I mean, he was only making a, a 140k over there in, in Indy. So, I mean, it's not like he was making millions of dollars. He's a good young talent. I'm, I'm not sure what ha- what happened with him. Maybe it was something that we're not aware of. Who, who knows? And he was successful in Washington. I think that's the one thing that, that kind of sets off an alarm to me is he was successful in Washington, gets cut by Indy, goes over to Philadelphia. My hope for him is that he just winds up, you know, showing up in, in uh, Philly and, and becomes the next big thing over there, especially with um, Jay Ajayi and now LeGarrette Blunt's gone over in Detroit now. I mean, Matt Jones, he could wind up in, in a really good place. Um, new, more news out of New Orleans here. They're, they're having all kinds of problems with physicals and with, uh, with uh, drugs, drugs being introduced. Um, Mark Ingram suspended four games. PEDs. Um, yeah, for PEDs. That's the, the big one now. So um, He's suspended for four games. The question will be how Kamara looks without Ingram to compliment him. Right, and the rumor... The rumor mill is kind of turning on this one. Um, you, you've got uh, uh, the Saints saying that they are going to. Um, uh, the Saints are saying that they're they're not going to rely on Kamara to be their next big thing. But I think Alvin Kamara can be the next big thing. Absolutely, <clears throat> I think Kamara is is. You know, option number one there. I think he was better than Ingram last season. Well, better in terms of we, he had half as many yards as Ingram. He had half as many yards, but I think he made a lot more out of the, what he got handed. He made a lot more big plays. Um, I mean, he he. It also comes with opportunities. Well. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, Ingram made he made a Pro Bowl. Kudos to him. He, but his career high is only eleven hundred. I mean, was it? Does it make it a great year for sure? But. If your career high is only eleven hundred, I mean, are you? Does it mean you're breaking? You know, a, a whole lot. Um, I, I think Kamara is going to be the the more effective back. He's faster. I think he's he's more explosive. I like Kamara. I think he's going to wind up being being uh, the next big thing over there in New Orleans. And with Mark Ingram, Ingram made the biggest mistake he could. Guys in a contract year, so you wind up in a contract year, and then you wind up in a situation where you are. You know, under this PED scandal, getting suspended for four games. It's going to make teams start to question if they can rely on you in the future. Exactly. So they're not going to want to pay him as much as he's going to be asking for either. Well, that, that'll hurt his value um, coming out of this contract year. Right, and this definitely affects that. Now, speaking of running backs, uh, C.J. Anderson goes over. Um, he, he says goodbye to Denver, signs on with the uh, the Carolina Panthers. Um what does this mean for Christian McCaffrey? I mean, we, we were all hoping we were going to see the, the Christian McCaffrey I think what experiment. it means is he's going to take over that uh, James Stewart role. You think so? Yes. It, it's McCaffrey's job. Yeah, I, I think uh, Christian McCaffrey, I, a lot of people are suspecting that C.J. Anderson is going to be the number one running back over he, there. He won't be. Um, Carolina has always run a split back type of system. Mm-hmm. Um, McCaffrey will be the one. Um, CJ will be the two. And and I'd like to think that. I don't know that. I, I want to see that. I want to say that McCaffrey is going to be the number one. Um, you know, I, I hope that he really blows up. And I think he will because CJ Anderson is not 
a phenomenal running back. No, he's he's not, he's not a phenomenal running back. He he had the benefit of a great great offensive line over there in Denver, which is why he had so many good years and over his there. Best season had one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Right. So I don't know. I don't know that C.J. Anderson he could become a, a big thing over there. He's only twenty seven years old. That contract um, one point seven. Um, the base salary is about eight hundred k. He get he gets about one million in signing bonuses, so not too bad. He gets nine fifty. So um, and then last but not least, Derek Johnson, the the thirty five year old inside linebacker, signs on with the Oakland Raiders. Well, the L A Raiders. I'm so used to calling the Oakland Raiders now. The L A Raiders. Well, the, no, no, Las Vegas what are Raiders. You doing? They're, is it the Vegas? They're, 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 they're still are they? They're still Raiders they're still in Oakland. About two seasons. Then they'll be the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, well, you are off. I, am I today. off today? I don't know. I, it's all this shuffling around the L.A. Rams and the L.A. Chargers, Chargers and the L.A. Be, Who the be, hell is going to L.A. anymore? It'll be the I don't know. The L. Yeah, is that what it's going to be? Well, when, when it's all said and done in 2020, when that stadium is I don't know where in the hell everybody's going these days over in that little area. It seemed like every team wanted to move the hell out of wherever they were going and go to L.A. I just assumed everybody was moving to L.A. It's like Mad Hatter's here. Change places! <laughs> right. I'm, I'm just like, holy smokes. But in any case, the Oakland Raiders, Derek Johnson, signs on with them. Um, 1.5, uh, 500K guaranteed. Um, it's not a huge contract. They didn't get Tremaine Edmonds in the, in the draft like they expected to. So the Raiders wind up with Derek Johnson. Um, you're getting a good leader. Yeah, you're going to get somebody who's wise. Who's, who, who, young, even the younger guys can look at and uh, learn from his examples. And one thing is, is he's a great fill-in spot for them to draft a rookie that they want next year. Right, and, and that's a big thing. It's only a one-year contract, so they can, they can have him around for the moment. I think they're, he'll be a successful linebacker over there um, coming from the Chiefs. Uh, he, he had just restructured his, his two-year deal with uh, Kansas City um, before they had, had traded him over there. So it, it kind of works out for Oakland. They get him on a, on a discount. So uh, that is all for our signings around the league. And uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, it is time for a little segment that we love around here. Well, Tyler loves anyway. And uh, That's great. You know, I, I'd like to think so. Um, it's also known as Tyler's Top Ten. This is a great segment because it gets an opportunity to really um, look at some of the marquee um, players. Or, it depends on the situation. In this case today, we're looking at Tyler's Top Ten players entering their final year of their contract. And these are players that could have just recently gotten franchise tag or players that... that Teams know that they have to re-sign this year if they want to keep them. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to give these, especially players on this list, a chance to shop around. Because, I mean, if they want money, they're going to get it. Absolutely. So we're going we're to go right at the top ten. We're going to go number ten. And we're gonna, and I'm going to look at Josh in this one because this is a guy that he knows very well as, a, as the resident Lions fan. That's Ziggy Anza. Oh, to, Ziggy. To me, it is crucial. For Lions to re-sign Ziggy Anza. he can become the leader of that defense, a, a leader that that team and defense desperately needs. Um, it also comes down to what the scheme is going to be uh, in Detroit. It's hard to say. You, you don't know if, if they still plan to run the four three or if they're going to run the three four. Um, that's really been really really little talked about it. And uh, I can say that he is crucial, um, but he has to play like he did last year. In order for this for him for him to get a big contract, um, I do I think he deserves it. I don't know. I, I think that 
He's got to give us the same thing he gave us last year. And the thing is, even if he doesn't plan on resigning in Detroit, he still has to produce big numbers for any team to look at him. Right, and any and health is in, is a factor. Health is definitely a factor for Ziggy Ansah because he's been hurt over and over and yeah. over again. I think that's the, the biggest factor for Ziggy Ansah is whether or not he's going to get that big contract. I agree 100%. But if he can stay healthy and he can play the way we've seen him play, he could be an absolute animal for the Lions, or if they don't, if they don't want to give him the contract, any team that goes after him. Yes. Going number nine, and you're going to see a nice trend here. And as a Ravens fan, I love defenses. Oh yeah. So here we go, number nine, going to Houston. Clowney, Jadavian Clowney. It's it's a deal where Jadavian. He's hurt. He's not producing. You know, it. It. it, it, it he, it's this weird he's wall. Very, he's like, very hit or miss. The first half, um, injury here, missed the whole season, missed missed here and there. But the last two, last year and a half, mm-hmm. he has been a, a huge compliment for JJ Watt when well when Watt's healthy. Right. <laughs> right. Well, it's, it's pretty much what I expected out of him when, when he came into the NFL. I figured it was going to be the same as college. He's an impact player, no doubt. He is. But he has injury problems. Yeah, he, he didn't do half bad last year. I'm not going to sit here and say he had a, a miserable year, nine, nine and a half sacks, um, 59 tackles, 18 assists. I mean, he had a good year. Um, he's had 20 sacks throughout his career. He's been in the league for four years now. Or, uh, he's, it's just like you said, it's a health issue. It, it really is a health issue. You um, never know what you're going to get out of him. Right. It's you're, just like Ziggy Yonson. Yeah, you get you get ACL tears. Uh, you never know. I'd like to see Jadavion Clowney explode this year. I mean, yeah. it, that, that seems to be um, that that seems to be what everybody wants to see is you want to see him and JJ Watt just turn into these monsters. It'd be a, a huge dynamic duo. Yeah, it, it, it'd be one you you haven't seen in a while. It, it'd be fantastic. It'd be like the the, the uh, Denver Broncos when you had Von Miller and uh, um, Demarcus Ware. Right. It's a, it reminds me very much of, of the kind of the Freeney Mathis combo. Yep. And and I would love to see that. Um, Jadavian Clowney's a good player. Uh, he'll get that money. He's going to get that money. Absolutely. I mean, at his age, twenty five years old, he's going to get that money. He needs to have another year like like he had last year, and that guy will get paid. Without a doubt. Go to number eight. Um, to no shock to anybody, I'm sticking with the defense. And that is the leader of the Jacksonville Jaguars defense, Dante Fowler Jr. Yeehaw! That is a, a huge player that they need to re-sign. He has been a huge piece of that defense, and they cannot let him go. No, absolutely not. And and that poor guy, he just he's gotten such a, a raw deal. Um, here's here's the sad part. Um, Jacksonville has said that they're not going to pick up his fifth year option. So if they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, that means they're looking at re-signing him. So you have to hope that they're going to go out there and dump him a, a contract that's going to save them cap space. Um, you know, and if, if they're not going to going to pick up the fifth-year option, and if they're not going to sign him to a deal, shoot, start trading him, start shopping this guy. Because absolutely, I mean, and the big thing is is that defense has become the name of the game. In Jacksonville, especially now after they lost some big weapons in the, at the receiving court. They, have, they still have Marquise Lee, um, mm-hmm. who, who's who been pr- productive the last two years. 
Um, he's not number one, but he's but I, that remains to be seen. We'll we'll see how. how yeah, how I mean, Lee is one of those guys. He know, stepped up big when he, when he was needed. Right, right. I, I he could be a number one over there. I mean, we never said thought that a guy like Alan Hearns could be as as good as he turned out to be. But you know, back to Fowler here. Like Josh was saying, this is a guy you don't want to lose him. But if you're going to do something with him, if you're not going to pick up that option, if you're not going to resign him to it, yeah, dump that guy, get that trade bait, make that cap room come alive, find something that's going to get you to the promised land, and that's a Super Bowl. They were right there on the cusp. Frankly, they should have been in a Super Bowl last year. I was I was hoping for it. They should have been yeah, in a Super Bowl last year. I was hoping for it. I didn't want to see the Patriots given, in the Super Bowl. Given that fumble issue that, ironically, if I'm not mistaken, Fowler picked up, that that fumble that should have never been called down at all. That I was, they should have I was been in a Super Bowl thanks to that guy because of the way that their defense played. I mean, you know, London. <laughs> oh, poor Tyler. <laughs> part of my part of my soul is still. <laughs> oh man, Tyler drinks to forget London. <laughs> I'm still drinking to forget. London. Stop mentioning London. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one one thing I want to point out about Fowler, and the reason you're going to want to re-sign him, 23 years old. 23. You get this guy, you could you could sign him to a six-year deal and be on your merry way. You get um, rookies at this age. Yep, and and so you, you're going to get get away with murder, and they're not picking up the fifth-year option on him, and, and that 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 kind of it, it screams trouble in paradise over there in Jacksonville. Going to number seven, we're going up to Oakland. Oakland, not Vegas yet. <sighs> not, not Vegas, LA. not L.A. Sorry, I'm sorry. Not London, not hey, Mexico, not hey, Canada. I'm, I, I, mean, I, I mean, if we're going to attack people for their mess-ups, Tyler, earlier you said something about Kelvin Benjamin being a great target for Carolina for Cam Newton, and he has been gone He's been last gone for a while. last year. He's been gone for a while. <laughs> He's in Buffalo now, by the way. I'm new. I'm new here, and I haven't messed up once. Oh, you need to calm up. You have you have done the least amount of talking. Well, he, he, he's yeah. just asking for us to, to, to tag yeah. team and then throw him under the bus. Dump him. Um, but no, you were right. I, I did screw up there in Calvin Benjamin. I'm, I was wondering why I was getting all the looks earlier. But going to number seven here, we're going up to Oakland. Khalil Mack. Khalil Mack, great, great. does not have much going for them defensively. No. So it makes it even more important to keep Khalil Mack. Um, they don't have linebackers. They just signed They just signed a 35-year-old linebacker. So you have Khalil Mack. Um, I, he, he's entering that contract year. Um I mean, he he's he's slated to. They picked up his fifth year option, so he's slated to make thirteen million this year. Now, he's going into an unrestricted free agent situation, so you got to sign him, you got to extend him. And realistically, when you re-sign guys, it saves you a lot more cap space than than tagging them or anything like that. It saves you a boatload of cap room. Um, Cleo Mack is a young. Young guy. He's a huge deal. He's a huge deal. Four years, uh, a four-year deal would be huge for him. I mean, you would you would basically have him right right in part part way it into his prime. It makes me wonder what Rudy's plan is being there now. 
um, you you have to get him some help at the linebacker position. I mean, Derek Johnson, he'll help, but your focus has got to be your defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did a lot for their offense. Yep. And getting Jordy Nelson and whatnot, but I mean, it's well, coming. They got Green Nelson, and during the draft, they traded for Martavis Bryant. Yep. If Bryant can stay out of trouble, it's another huge weapon. Big addition for Derek Carr. Absolutely, but, and and but I mean, right now, Khalil Mack's twenty-seven years old. You sign him to a long-term deal, and he says he's looking for a deal that's that's pushing sixty-five mil. So if you're talking sixty-five million dollars, is Khalil Mack worth? Absolutely, absolutely, especially over doubt. especially over four or five. You get him over a five-year deal, you get him right through his prime. Why would you not want that guy? He's that good. Give him the $65 million. There are probably 31 other teams that would love to have him. Absolutely. Pay the man. Pay the man. He deserves the money. Give and, there's pl- and there's plenty of teams that are going to ha- need linebacker help at the end of the year, next going into next year. And if he has a big year and Oakland fails to sign the guy, I mean, I feel like they'd franchise tag him if it came down to that. Right. But I feel like if he did slip through the cracks, then there's – He's going to be probably the big name for you. you know, yeah. If they can't sign him, imagine imagine him signing with. I'm going to, I'm going to list four teams. Imagine Cleo Mack joining any of these four teams: Ravens defense, yep, Minnesota's defense, yep, Jaguars, mm-hmm. or God forbid the Rams, and yeah. just make them even more deadly. Well, the interesting thing about and and I I'm going to pull a Tyler here and talk about my Vikings for a minute. You you the Vikings don't have a right outside linebacker. That's really, I mean, their, their best right outside linebacker has been Ben Gideon. Ben Gideon is a nobody. So, and, and he filled in fine. Okay, wonderful, great, wahoo. But if I have the choice between Ben Gideon and Khalil Mack, guess what? You know, I'm, I'm taking Khalil Mack. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, so. And for me, to talk about the Lions, for a second, if we got a guy like Khalil Mack, I'd be ecstatic because the two guys that we signed this year, I'm looking at them like, who are these people? <laughs> Who are these people, and why are they I mean, wearing lines I mean, uniforms? <laughs> let's hope that let's let's hope that uh, Patricia finds gems in these guys, but they weren't anything spectacular in Chicago or in New York. So yeah, I'd love Kilio Mack if we could get him. And, well, I don't want to be out of the loop here. I'm going to do, do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, imagine having uh, imagine having Khalil Mack if converting Khalil Mack to an inside linebacker and having Khalil Mack and C.J. Mosley. Talk about dangerous. Yes. But and, and the fact that we're all just uh, just saliva pouring out of the mm-hmm. back, Oakland needs to sign him. Yes, you need to re-sign him. He needs to get put, put on a long-term deal. He had uh, 10 sacks last year. I mean, 78 tackles, 17 assisted. I mean, he's had he, he's had a hell of a career already, and, and we're not even, you know, we're not even getting started here. I mean, he's he's only twenty seven years old. Yeah, exactly, going right into his prime. But going into number six, I'm gonna give a little pat in the back to the Vikings for a second. Yeah, Anthony Barr. Yep, this one was. This one is a must have contract. So many teams are talking about, uh, or so many people are talking about. Oh, trade him, trade him, trade him. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. This guy is the heart and soul of that linebacking crew. You just went out and re-signed Eric Kendricks, and that's another signing we didn't get to talk about. Eric Kendricks, you just signed him, $50 million, five years, 25 guaranteed. You signed Kendricks, you want to sign Barr. These guys were teammates. They, they were teammates at UCLA. You want these guys together. These guys, this this signing makes sense. You got one in the first round, you got one in the second round. They're right next to each other, They and, and 
they both know how to command a defense. They're young. Um, uh, both are 26 years old. They, you can get Kendricks. If you can get Kendricks for 50 million, you can get Barr for around the same amount. And I, I think Barr, you're going to probably char, you know, be paying a little bit more. But the Minnesota Vikings have the cap room. That's the the fun thing is the Vikings will have the cap room. The the two guys that are going to wind up leaving um, at the end of this season are, are Brian Robinson, who's going to be oh, yeah. walking out the door. Yeah. He's retiring. And then Terrence Newman's going to be retiring. And they're not making boatloads of money here. But you're still talking about $4 million in cap room that they're going to be saving. So does it really hurt much? Not not particularly. And they're realistically, they're going to be able to sign um, uh, Barr to that long-term deal. Right now, and, and understanding, they haven't signed anybody, or they've only signed a couple of their, their draft picks to, to their contracts. But cap space-wise, they're looking at $15 million in cap space. So $1,500 million, or $15 million in cap space, and I, I can see them signing Barr and getting away with, with one here and, and having a guy long-term. He's 26. You'll have him right through his prime. But as we talk about cap space, it's funny you talk about cap space and Vikings because I, as I get into the top five here, I got two Minnesota Vikings in a row here. Oh, boy. So can Minnesota, the, or should, does Minnesota have the cap space to sign Anthony Barr and Stefan Diggs? I think they do. Uh, Diggs, Diggs is good. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to sit here and say that, that Diggs is, is great, though. And here's why. Diggs is the, the hero of the Minnesota Miracle. He's marketable. Here's my thing about Diggs. 903 yards, 849 yards from 2016 to 2017. You got him on a discount. He's 24 years old. I understand that. Is Diggs marketable? Yeah. But has he performed like, say, the walk-on Adam Thielen? I don't know. Diggs, is, he hasn't broken 1,000 yet, and I'm waiting for that 1,000-yard season out of this guy. I'm looking for him to be an elite receiver, and unless he can pull out an elite receiver thing this year, eh, eh. I, and, and I think he, he breaks 1,000 this year having a better quarterback in Kirk Cousins. And that may be. That may be. Thielen could could be the guy that takes all the catches, though, and and that's what, what we're kind of, of – uh, that's what we're kind of running, or we're wondering here. Is Diggs going to get signed? Is Barr going to get signed? A lot of questions there. That Those contracts are going to be larger contracts. They have other ones that are going to have to be signed that are not going to be as big, but uh, Diggs is going to be the bigger of the two. Um, and, and you're going to hear all of us saying this. If you're going to sign one or zero of them, for the love of God, trade them. Now. Yes, trade them. Get rid of them. Get something for them. Get those first-rounders. Don't just let them walk and get nothing out of it. You know Stefan Diggs, going into free agency, would wind up garnering a first-round draft pick. Without a doubt. Absolutely. So as we're going up to the top four here, um, we're going over to – we're going to stick to purple, but just the other side. We're going back to Baltimore, and that's C.J. Mosley. C.J. Mosley is a huge piece of that defense – He's 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 very young still. He, he I mean, conveniently he's filled the role of the of the great Ray, Ray Lewis. Uh, um, Ray Lewis, <laughs> God. But uh, he's such an important piece within the sign. He he's he's not the uh, mouthpiece that Ray Lewis is, but he's a phenomenal linebacker. And it's it's it. Terrell Suggs is on his way out. He's thirty five yeah. years old. 
um, CJ Mosley is going to have to take over that defense. Yep. And he he's the guy to do it. I mean, the and and I'm not even talking just taking over the defense. I mean, the 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 back the uh, the cornerbacks and the safeties they're in great shape right now. Fantastic shape with the depth. But the linebacker, the front seven needs to have needs some support. Mosley's going to get his deal. Yeah, and, and I'm confident that they're they're talking about it. They're they're restructuring contracts to make sure they can sign him. Yeah, and he's going to get his deal. I th- I think the one thing about C.J. Mosley that that makes him um, a little different than than your typical guys out of a uh, when you, they're running their three four. He's a guy that really likes to sit back, watch a play develop, and make a move. 132 tackles last year. Which you know that you know that reminds me of who was also the same way. Ray Lewis, mm-hmm. and, like, and, I, and I'm not going to compare Ray Lewis because that, that is a stupid thing to do. But he is not your rushing type of linebacker. He's the same type of Ray, as Ray Lewis was. Sit back, watch him play, develop, um, go into coverage if you have to, and he can play coverage. Play patient, play, play patient, but smart defense. Yep, exactly. and and that's how guys like like Keekly are. I mean, it's it's. Uh, uh, it's going to be one of those those moves that Baltimore is going to have to make this season. They're going to have to do it quick, and they're going to have to do it in a hurry because they, they, there's they, other teams. So within the last few weeks, Weddle's contract's gotten restructured. Mm-hmm. Thomas Jeff or not Thomas Jefferson, uh, Tony Jefferson's contract's gotten, gotten restructured. Yep, that tells me that they're making the necessary movements. To make sure Mosley gets signed, you're going to have to make space. Exactly, that's, that's the with thing. Ravens who don't have much space. In fact, they're making all these moves to reduce contracts. They do not plan on letting Mosley hit, hit the market. Yeah, and and I mean Baltimore, uh, their their cap space isn't horrendous right now. I, they probably do still have some rookies to sign. Their team cap space, they're looking at eleven million. So uh, I mean, just just looking at that, I mean, you can you can see where they're headed. Um, exactly. Mosley's going to get signed. You're going to see some guys walk off after this year, and and they're going to take a lot of that room and they're going to dump it right on CJ Mosley, and they're going to hope the draft. Pay close attention. Like pay very close attention to Joe Flacco. Yep, and that's uh, maybe a contract you'll see either restructured or dropped off completely. That's something that you're going to see. It's it's either going to be re- a restructure, or he's going to get dumped, and and like I said before, it's Super Bowl or bust over there. Going number three, we're going over to apparently the cities that Scott can't pronounce. Even remember, I can't going remember. to L.A. Going to L.A. L.A. Rams. The Rams. The Rams. I'll start. I'll do. I'll just do those names. You don't got to remember cities. They're all going to Los and you know Los this and Las Vegas. And Me Scots. I don't know California. Becoming Los Conquistadors. Um, and <laughs> <laughs> Mexico mad. No, no, Los Conquistadors like Edge and Christian with the golden outfit. Sorry, guys, we're wrestling fans around here. So Aaron Donald. Aaron Donald. One of the. Well, that's right. The best defender in football right now. Um, that's possible. That's possible. I think he's great, obviously. No, and the, he's this high, it's kind of, because a lot of people look, we look at a, a team that has a great defense, like the Ravens, or the Vikings, or the Rams, or the Chargers, not Chargers, uh, uh, Jaguars. Yeah. It's easy to say, oh, well, they have such a good defense, you can let somebody go. Aaron Donald's not somebody you let go. No. Aaron no. Donald's the heart and soul of that defense. Absolutely. I, I don't think Aaron Donald's going to walk. Um, you're you're looking at a, a big money deal for that guy. Um, he he's only 26, so so you're gonna you're gonna have um, the, and they're they're obviously gonna gonna extend the fifth year option for him this year, which is fine. 
Um, but he, he's a big boy. Um, he had 41 tackles last year, five forced fumbles. Uh, he well, was NFL's defensive player of the year. So Aaron Donald and C.J. Mosley are uh, draft buddies. Oh, yeah. Um, they're, they're going into their fifth year. Yeah. They're drafted in 2014. Yeah. So they've already extended their fifth-year option, and they're going into their final years. So Mosley and Donald have to be signed. But we were talking about Mosley, but no. Donald um, helped. Um, Rams have been a pretty good defense in the last few years, but Donald helped solidify it. Yep. And so, here's here's the, the big kicker about – it's kind of a kicker for the Rams, but not really. Because when you're going into the 2019 sale, a season – there are so many guys that are going to be waltzing out that door. The Rams are going to have a stupid amount of cap space. They go from a measly $2 million in team cap space in 2018 to $72 million in cap space in 2019. They will have no problem keeping that up, but they're going to have to sign that deal and sign it now. And for those of you who doesn't know what $72 million is going to do, that means Aaron Donald's going to get signed don't be worried. Um, L.A. Ram fans, Aaron Donald's going to be on that team for a very long time. Absolutely. There's no way in all hell that they're going to they're gonna let that guy go. And if they do, I'm going to go sprinkle rock salt on all the places where hell just froze over. You mean everywhere. You're, you're going to run out. <laughs> so going into the top two, we haven't talked about offense very much besides Stefan Diggs, but we're going to offense, offense here. I'm going to start in New York. Mm-hmm. And you know who I'm talking about. I'm talking about receivers in New York. Mm-hmm. I mean, one team has no receivers, and one team has one of the best receivers in football. Yes. And that's Odell Beckham Jr. OBJ! This is a resign that has to happen, but will it happen? I don't know. I don't know. And nobody knows. OBJ is such a big mouth. Well, I can say this. I mean, I've listened to into some of the things that uh, their GMs and coaches have said. They said, well... Um, when asked if they if they had any talks with Odell about a contract, they said some stuff like, "Well, I mean, did he produce as a number one target last year? I mean, he was hurt, so he wasn't. He obviously wasn't durable." Right. They said they're not. They're, they're holding everybody accountable for for last season. Doesn't matter if you were hurt or what. You didn't contribute. Yeah, you didn't. You didn't do your part. So and the Giants are are okay. Prove it, or or we're going to rebuild. Yes, and and. I mean, they they were ta- they were doing trade talks about him for a little while there, mm-hmm. which which I think kind of said something. Um, Two thousand eighteen, he's going to be making eight point five, which I mean, realistically, is a bargain. Um, mm-hmm. He's he's one of the the best receivers in the game right now. Still, I mean, let's let's face facts. He's twenty five years old. He's going to get paid. Um, he's going to get twenty million dollars. You know, he's going to get paid. And if it's with the Giants or whether it's elsewhere. The man's going to get paid. To me, the New York Football Giants—they need to—they need to sign o- o- Odell Beckham. You can't just let him waltz out the door. Um, you know, there, there, there's character issues there. I think, though, um, and and I think there's production issues. Uh, the the Giants—they need weapons for Eli, though. They're going to need weapons, and then they're going to wind up drafting a quarterback in the near future here. And they, and that's why I think Beckham. Is going to be signed because he, he only got, doesn't got long left, and you, you got to get him what he needs. Yeah, and and moving into next season, um, I mean, this season they they have about eight million dollars to play with, and that's before they sign their rookies. Twenty nineteen, they're going to have forty two million, um, so it doesn't leave a whole boatload of money. They're going to be able to make about one signing 
you know, and, and that signing is going to be Beckham. And then after that, it's, you know, sayonara. You know, so. Um, so I'm going to jump to our number one player going to their final year. And he's been going to his final year for a couple seasons. Now. Oh, yeah. And because Mr. Franchise Tag himself in Pittsburgh. Le'Veon Bell. Oh, Le'Veon. Um, Still very young. 26. 26. The most explosive runner in the NFL. He's a bruiser. He's a downhill runner. I mean, the guy is amazing. And it's like, I don't know what Pittsburgh's doing over there. Um, they're going to have a lot of guys walking out the door. But this is one, one of those things where, you know, we were talking earlier about um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger and Mason Rudolph, and I'm over here going, you know, how much cap space are they going to have at the end of the? They're not going to have much, you know. And well, when you dump Ben Roethlisberger, say you do, are you going to have the cap space to um, sign him? Right now, they're about six million dollars under the cap. Under the cap. So, are you going to have it? They have. They have. Six million dollars of cap space, and in next season they'll have about twenty. Um, and and, and you know, so twenty million might be enough to, to to bring him in, but they they need to do it. But yes. they're, they're going to have they're, they're, there's going to be some cap casualties. Yeah, and that's what that's the problem. And and they've had a few already, um, just to get themselves under the cap. I mean, you you've already dumped William Gay. There there's a lot of guys that you you sent out. So um, the the question is there, are they going to have the cap space? They're going to have $20 million in cap space at the end of the year. You dump Roethlisberger, he makes $12 million a year. That sets you up. But I don't think that happens. And a lot of people don't think it will. Um, but, if, but if you do, and actually, I'm sorry, it's not he's, he makes $12 million next year, but, but his cap number is 23 so I mean, you're you're gonna have, and that's just the twelve is just his base salary. I mean, it, he'll have about uh, uh, six million dollars in dead cap off that whole thing. So it might that might be the reason for the the um, Mason Rudolph move. And and if it is, you know, you, they Good. they get yeah, rid of ben. get get rid of Ben, ben and go. <laughs> Screw Ben. The other Don't care. The other guy that that might might be worth dumping in this case, and I know you're going to hate this one, um, but might be worth dumping, would be Stefan Tuitt. And, and that could happen. He, he, would, uh, he would create a little bit of cap room, but uh, there's, there's guys out there that you know they, you got to get rid of um, in order to make that cap room. You can't let a guy like Le'Veon go, and you got to start rebuilding through the draft, so it may be a good idea. No, there's gonna be a lot of interesting things happen in Pittsburgh. I'll be, I'll be curious to see what happens. But we're gonna go to break here in just a minute here, and because we have a fantastic main event here, we're gonna talk about our uh, post draft predictions for how we kind of see the uh, seeding of the playoffs. It's very early, but we're just kind of kind of see where the three of us kind of feel things are at post draft. Yeah, we're gonna have some bold predictions. It's real early. Real early, but we'll be right back uh, after a tune from one of our uh, musical artists. We'll be right back, folks. It's the way that we move. 
Tantalizing. The tantalizing Tyler Dean. And uh, we're, we're also sitting here with the Jacound, Josh Rigsby. He's, he's weird. Jacound? Jacound, it, it means he's cheerful and lighthearted, Tyler. Like Wakanda. <laughs> Hail Wakanda. Um, Wakanda forever. Uh, so hang on a minute, Tyler. Now no, you're over here. You we're, hang on. Now you did the top 10. This is how it always works. This is how it works. This is how it always works. This is how it always works, and you're gonna have to get used to it. You see, Tyler, we're we're show partners now. Yeah, it's it's almost like life partners. We you're partners now, and now it's time for well, yeah, Freetown's forgotten five. 
It's it's like you're it's like you're it's like you're my wife at this point. It's I have, fantastic. I have my own thing going, but you have to insert yourself. Well, into your it. thing is no fun without me. <laughs> That's also what your wife says. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, Freytown's forgotten five. Tyler, you forgot five huge players that are going into contract years that need to get resigned. Of course five people got forgotten. There's there so many. It's, well, it's hard. There wasn't that many. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. There's, there's a boatload. Five there, there is a boatload, exactly. but you forgot five very, very important ones that I wanted to bring up because they're awesome. That's why we are here on... Freytown's Forgotten Five! You already said that. I just like saying it, and I like the little voiceover effect that goes on our voices. Can you please cut me a break on that? All right, now, Freytown's Forgotten Five, we have these five free agents that I just, I just, I love these guys. I think they're awesome, and um, we're going to start with number five. Going into it, Geno Atkins, 29 years old, defensive tackle. Um, Cincinnati's got to resign this guy. Uh, it, it's a big part of that defense. It's really all they really have going for them outside of Andy Dalton and Jay Yeah, Green. yeah. Guy. He, he's their guy. He needs to to you know they need to bring him back. Um, he, I understand he is twenty nine years old. So by the end by the end of the season he'll be thirty. It depends on how long you want to bring him back for. You're talking three years. Two. A two, I think, is a little a two to three years. I think is reasonable. Three's the max. Um, but I mean, he's he's the guy that that anchors your defense. He he's always been a disruption. He's always been a run stopper. The guy is fantastic. He's he's been a Pro Bowler in the past. Geno Atkins has to get re-signed. That's the one deal for the that that Cincinnati needs to get done for the next three years. Agreed. Um, now number four. Um, this guy's a real young guy. Um, going to the offensive side of the ball, Quincy Inunua. Um I don't know about this one. You don't know about him. Why not? I, he he's been in Jets for a couple of years now. Yep. He's, he's been pretty good. Actually, he had the one really good year. But it, it, and during that year, he was also competing with Brandon Marshall and yep. Eric Decker. Yep, twenty sixteen. He eight hundred fifty seven yards, four touchdowns. Now he was hurt all last year. That that's that's true. He was. I I, I guess I just want to see more out of him. Mm-hmm. And it's still I, I haven't. It, it's such a small sample size. It's hard for me to consider him to be one of the biggest. People to be it is a small sample size, but but take this if you will. The guy put up 857 yards while he was competing with two of the, the top receivers in the league. Now, say from a hypothetical standpoint, you have Quincy Anunwa, 25 years old. He put up 857 while competing. Imagine what he can do as a number one. But I think the other thing about it is 25 years old. And because you have such a small sample size, because you don't have that thousand plus yard season consistently you can still sign that guy for a dime you can go out unless and he falls under the radar as well yeah he, yeah you can get him for a good price unless he blows up this year under Darnold. yeah and and you don't know that that's going to happen but i mean you're you're still going to get him on a dime because of the small sample size i think he's going to garner about five to six million a year which isn't a lot considering what nfl receivers are getting this year especially that these these years especially because of the age so um, that one is uh, uh, is a, a must-have receiver. Now the next guy I'm going to go into, um, he sort of flew under the radar. I think he's the second best defensive end in the league. Um, 26 years old, Demarcus Lawrence over in Dallas. Um, just got put on a, uh, a franchise tag over in Dallas, and he was kind of laughing about it. Guy put up 14 sacks last year. Um, young, he's fast, he's healthy. 
Um, get the man a contract. Absolutely. For Christ's sake. No, he, he needs to be resigned. He's one of those one of those guys, and I, and I love my defenses. That's a guy you cannot let go. No, you can't let him walk. And and um, at his age, if you say you re-signed him to a five-year deal, and that seems to be what what the usual uh, defensive player is getting is that that five-year contract. Oh, what, what's he? Twenty-five. Twenty-six. Twenty-six years 26, old. So and his last year will be thirty-one. Yeah. yeah. Four you want, or five makes sense. You want to you want to have until he's about thirty-one years old, and and I think Demarcus Lawrence, he he's. He's that guy that that you're going to center your entire defense around moving forward, especially with all the guys retiring. The the Dallas defense is becoming an aging thing now. Um, they did just go and pick up um, uh, Leighton Vanderesh from uh, from the draft here. So I mean, realistically, Demarcus Lawrence is going to wind up being a great complement to him moving forward. Yeah. Um, next up, a guy that got traded. Over over the the last season, uh, over this this season, a couple months ago, Robert Quinn he went to Miami, twenty seven years old, um, <clears throat> probably one of the better uh, outside linebackers in the league, I think. The most underrated outside linebacker in this league. Yep, and and he is going to get gonna, big money. He's going to help them tremendously. Yep, and it, he's going to get big money. Right now, he's he's um, I believe he's got about four. Let's see. He signed a. Uh, he's on his 2018 um, uh, year of his contract. They have a fifth-year option on his contract over there, technically, um, but he's making 10 million this year. It's a good amount of money to be making, but um, you know he they need to re-sign him to a long-term deal because the next year next year is just his option. So you got to get him re-signed. You want to be able to save the cap. He's going to be worth the money. He's 28. Say you sign him to a four-year deal, you get him till he's 32. I mean, that would Perfect. be a that'd be a beautiful thing. You'd have him right through his prime. Call it a day. Um, but can Miami <clears throat> get their team ready to make some noise while they still have him? Yeah, and and Miami has had an issue with um, with really putting together the pieces. They'll they'll get a guy here. They'll get a guy there, and and they they get these these players, but they'll 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 have, you know, that player not at the correct time. They always draft a great quarterback and bring him in, and then he tanks. They draft a great receiver, they bring him in, and the team tanks. So you you got to hope that they can finally put the pieces together over there. And last but not least, and, and this may come off as a little biased, and that's fine, but um, the last one is Daniil Hunter, um, 23 years old, defensive end from the Minnesota Vikings. He took the spot of, of uh, Brian Robinson over there. Um He's young and he's fast and he's explosive, and and he was was an all star for for the Vikings last year. Uh, I think this guy you need to get him long term. Seven sacks, 2016 he had 12. Um, he's a consistent tackler. He's 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 always just attacking the quarterback. To me, I, I think he's going to develop into a better player than Everson Griffin is, and they just gave Everson Griffin a monster contract. So to me, if you get Daniel Hunter now, if you can get him on a five-year deal and let him rock, you're going to be good to go. The problem is is, is this cat space is going to become an issue with Daniel Hunter, Stefan Diggs, yes. Anthony Barr. Right. I, I, don't, I don't think they can sign all of them. And that's what, what a lot of uh, folks are, are uh, kind of looking at um, when it comes to the Vikings. In 2019, they're going to be looking at $31 million in cap space after everything. 
So I, I think they'll be able to sign these guys, but as far as their draft picks go and re-signing their draft picks, that's going to be the troublesome point. You know, it's, it's going to be tight, and it's going to be very interesting what they end up doing to retain some, none, or all of these players. Right, and there, there's going to be moves made. They're going to have to do it, and they're going to have to do it effectively and save that money. Not to mention the big deal that Kirk Cousins got. Yes, the, the Cousins deal is, is one of the bigger factors here. You gotta hope, and and you gotta hope that that cousin the cousins deal is gonna wind up getting restructured a little bit. I think, but but one there's a couple players that I can see on their their roster right off the right off the top that you you don't want to have uh, uh, on your roster for that amount of money. One guy that comes to mind, and Josh will love this, is Riley Reef. Um, you don't want to be. He was great last year, but do you really want to be paying that guy eleven million dollars? Probably not. No. No. If you can dump him, make $6 million on the deal, and, and uh, save 5.5, or, or only take a hit of 5.5, why not? You know, I I would take the take the hit, dump Riley Reef, and, and move forward. Possibly draft his replacement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that concludes Freytown's Forgotten Five. And now, ladies and gentlemen. One of these days we're going to get a day with just my top 10. No, absolutely not. It will never happen. But now, ladies and gentlemen, we're headed for your main event. You gotta do a hard Finkel style. Uh, I don't know if I have the voice. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I see I can't get that point. It's time for your main event. You, yeah, you kind of got that down. I'm, I'm pretty impressed, I'm actually. I'm not going to try. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going into the main event here. We're going to be doing some early bold predictions for the playoffs after everything that went on. Playoffs. The playoffs. Playoffs. Why are we talking playoffs? Um, with everything that went on in the draft, we want to be talking some playoffs here. Um, and uh, you know what? I, I'm pretty stoked about about uh, our predictions. Um I know Tyler said he wanted to break them all down, and I said, okay. And I, I think mine's going to be better than Tyler's, but that's all right. I think mine's going to be better than Josh's, too. Um, but moving into the main event here, um, here we go. We're talking about the standings, division by division. Let's see where everybody winds up and, and what we think. Um, starting, ladies and gentlemen, in the AFC East. AFC East, and and I'm going to say... What, what do you mean, I... Look at you trying to hijack the show here. Yep. Let's let our guest start. The guest. Josh, you get to start. We're gonna, we're gonna make Scott go last because he wanted to jump right into it. Oh, I. And be the a hole wants to take over. I'm just very excited. Every division will go. Josh, then me, then Scott, maybe. Uh, oh, a maybe, a maybe. All right, <laughs> all right. I mean, I'm I'm pretty sure we're we're all on the same page with with the with the AFC East. Let's be real. Yeah, yeah. you never know. I mean, I mean. I'm gonna go with the Patriots. Obviously, yeah, you can't you can't go wrong with Tom Brady and that division. You really don't know if any of those any of the three other teams are gonna step up and and be there. Yeah, I, and and yeah, every I, year you think one of those other three are going to make the make the step to become close to the Patriots, but they never do. So I am also going to Patriots here. I am going to go with the New England Patriots. But my kicker here is that the Buffalo Bills will once again make the playoffs, and they will do it in definitive fashion. With Josh Allen? They will make the playoffs. Ooh. I hope they do. I, I, I hope Ugh. they do. I think they make the wild card there. 
you're going to have the New England Patriots and you're going to have the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen is going to have one of those years that is very similar to RG3's first year. Then he'll tank out afterwards. What, what's the quote? He's an interception waiting to happen. Yeah, that's, yeah he's an interception waiting to happen, but I, I think that's what you're looking at. Um, and and uh, you're, you're going to see the Buffalo Bills, and they're going to use that running game to make it to the playoffs, and then, and then they'll tank out in the first round. All right, Josh, take us to the, to, to the north. In the AFC North, I think we're on agreement here too. I'm going with the Steelers. Uh, it's to me the they've been they've been pretty much running the division for the last few years. Yeah. So I mean, you can't really go wrong. I mean, Ben played great last year, and uh, I mean, and now he's got uh, the Mason Rudolph fire under him. So uh, he's going to try to play. He's, <laughs> he's going to go all out. Yeah, he's coming to play. The uh, winners of the AFC North are going to be. The Pittsburgh Steelers. Mm-hmm. I I thought I I, I think uh, the look you gave me made, made me think you thought it was something different. Yeah, I I was expecting you to to be your Baltimore Ravens mark self, but um, I, I, I'm hold on, hold on. Oh boy, the Steelers are going to win the division, but to go in Scott Ryan fashion of talking about uh, wild card spots, the last two seasons. The Ravens were last game of the season, went went in, and it didn't happen. So I am picking Ravens to be my second wild card team mm-hmm. for the sole fact that they they've revamped the receiving core. We talked about this earlier in, in the show about how if those all those question marks can be um, fulfilled as good signings, Baltimore's in a good spot. Their defense is great. It's top four defense, and um, and we're talking about the uh, putting the fire. Josh, you mentioned putting the fire under Big Ben. Joe Austin has the fire under him. If he can perform the way he has in the past, Ravens will be back in the postseason, and I believe that Ravens are going to be back in the postseason this season. Now you're saying second wild card team. I don't know if that was just you saying second wild card team just on a whim, or if it was second wild card team as as in they're going to be the second wild card team as in seed number six. Seed six. Seed six. Okay, so that that makes a lot more sense. So Baltimore. It was your seed six. I'm going. Hey, Baltimore's going to be squeaking in. Is what I'm saying. I'm going to say the Pittsburgh Steelers as well. But I think one thing that I'm going to I'm going to say here is that uh, <clears throat> Baltimore will come very close. But they it'll be close, but no cigar. So you're so you're seeing three straight years of. I can reach it. I can reach it. Yep. No, I can't. Yep, they're going to be like that that little baby trying to reach something on the counter. They can't do it. Uh-huh. And, and that's and that's fair. Um, I I understand. I'm going on on a, on a win here to pick Baltimore in the uh, in the sixth seed here. But I I think I think we can all agree if if uh, all three receivers pan up the way that they've proven they can, which what are the odds of all three doing it? Slim. Yeah. If all three can come out playing the way they can, Ravens are back in the playoffs. Yeah, and they could they could very well be. But right. but that's that's a tall order. And as a Ravens fan, I want to be biased, and I'm being a little bit biased by by reaching, by going them by number six. But it can be done, but it's a huge order, yeah, big step. So going to the AFC South, Josh. In the AFC South, I'm giving it to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's defense, defense, defense. Yep. And the defense wins championships. Uh, but I will say this: that is a tough division to call. I mean, I don't see the Colts in anywhere near. Being ready uh, no. to make the playoffs, but I do ha- have the Titans and Texans so close. 
Um, but I chose the Titans. You don't really know what you're going to get out of Deshaun Watson in a sophomore year. Mm. Dak Prescott pretty much is a uh, is a is a example of that. So, um, I but I do have the Titans being the sixth seed in the playoffs. Oh, interesting. So you're so you're right. Um, so it, with the AOC South. So with the Jaguars, it was interesting. I going into the season last year, I had the Jaguars as bottom feeder. Yeah, and that's what a lot of people did. I think. Everyone underestimated the defense, mm-hmm. but the defense came. Or, no, I'm sorry. I think a lot of people knew the defense was good, but it ended up great. Yeah, everyone knew Bortles was in. Bortles played good. Not I, I, I'm not he had his games. Good. Yeah, I'm not even gonna say good. I'll say decent. He did. He, he, he did. He did enough to get his offense there. Yeah, it, it's 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 shades of. Uh, I don't like him, but um, he he won he won me a Super Bowl. It's it shades of Trent Dilfer. Mm, yep, he played good enough. Yeah, and that was the, the thing. He, he played good enough. But you look at the year prior, and Jacksonville won two games. Mm-hmm. Which Bortles are you going to get? You know what the defense is going to be, but which Bortles are you going to get? What is Jacksonville going to do? I don't know. But the sad part is I'm also picking the Jacksonville Jaguars in the division. Mm-hmm. And shockingly enough, for the first time we're going to be in, a, in an agreement on something as far as a wild card. I have the Titans as the number five. Now, Titans were one game away from making the playoffs. Also, one game back from winning the division. They were right there. I love Mariota. Now, I'm going to throw you guys for a loop here. I think the AFC South will be won by the Houston Texans this year. Um, Watson was MVP caliber um, before his injury. He played well, good arm, good decision-making. Everybody thought that kid was going to wind up something well. And I understand everybody's talking sophomore slump, sophomore slump. Everybody panics about the sophomore slump. And I'm not going to be one of those guys that's over, that overreacts. I'm going to say this guy is, is an NFL-caliber player. He's going to prove he's an NFL-caliber player. He's going to prove that he's MVP-worthy. He's going to come out and sling it, and that guy's going to wind up Winning this division, the AFC South. I absolutely hope he does, though. Yeah, and I hope he does too. But here's here's gonna be my retort too for a second. I love Watson. Mm-hmm. I had him in fantasy last year. He got me thirty plus points a game. I yep. love, I loved it. But the one thing that people don't really realize, and and it could it could change going into his second year, but he played for seven games where he got hurt. Mm-hmm. His record for seven games was three and four. Yeah. So he wasn't he wasn't God among men. Well, he was, but he was. <laughs> as a whole, the team still needs work. The team still needs some work, but I, I believe that he's going to be that guiding now, light there. Now, I will, taking in the right direction. I will admit, if if Texans won the division, I would not be shocked. Yeah, but just just seeing that, I I, I think there's still some work to done the offense. I mean, to me, they have arguably the best receiver in football. Yeah, Hopkins can Hopkins. be argued that way. And so Texans could make the playoffs. I wouldn't be shocked if they won the division or wild card. But it'll be interesting to see. I mean, his injury is a tough one to come back from as well. So mm. it, it'll be interesting. And in the wild card, I do have the Jacksonville Jaguars making it. In the wild card, they'll be the number five seed. But I think Houston overtakes that division and walks out with the division title here. I, I don't believe that, that Jacksonville could miss the playoffs at this point. I think the only way that they're going to miss the playoffs is if, if Blake Bortles really, really craps the bed. And But can we agree that I'm saying toughest, not in the strongest, but this 
is one of the toughest divisions in football. Yeah, I, I think this is one of the, one of the best. I think it's one of because, the toughest divisions in football because, because they. You couldn't be shocked if if the Colts come out luck healthy and go wham wham wham. This is our division. Yeah, and and Andrew Luck could very well do that as long as he has the proper protection. And from by all you know, by all accounts, you can see that protection is coming around. You know that Andrew Luck is he's starting to have that offensive tackle. He's got that that number six overall offensive guard. So those guys are there, and it's not that they're not. So I mean, Quentin Nelson. Now you got you got Austin Howard. It's going to be something special. So going into the AFC West, the final division, of the AFC here, Josh, what do you got? It's another one of those divisions that's uh, it's a toss up to me. Um, but I do have the Oakland Raiders winning the division this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chiefs have been taking uh, taking it on uh, taking it on themselves to win the division the last couple of years. But I think that. Uh, the Raiders. Well, Oakland, well, no, actually, no. You're right. Chiefs still went the year prior. Yeah. But Oakland's. It was such a great competition between Oakland and Chiefs last year, and I thought you'd get the same thing this year. Yeah. But they didn't cut you off. Go ahead. But I do have um, the Ch- the Chiefs being the number five seed. And that could very well be. So here's where I'm at. I have the Oakland Raiders win the division. Um, you're bringing a couple of nice receivers to give Derek Carr some help. You got you got a head coach who knows this stuff. Oh, I, I, I have Oakland like, Raiders was a favorite Super Bowl pick going into last season. I think they return, they returned to that this season after coming up, burning all the injuries they had last season. My problem is I had the Chiefs just missing in they're coming into the new quarterback. Yeah. Um, Patrick Mahomes could be great. I still have a lot of faith in Mahomes. But I think he's going to have some struggles in his first season. Yes. I see him winning eight, nine games, but I don't see that being enough to make make playoffs. Oh, yeah, I could see that. I, I think Mahomes is going to have himself a, a hell of a year. Yeah, I they did lose some key playoffs. defensive players as well. Yeah, they, they lost some big ones there. They and, and now I'm about to throw you guys for a loop. He's about to go Chargers. <laughs> <laughs> He's about, he's about to uh, um, drink that uh, Analyst Kool-Aid and go it's, to Chargers for it's, the Super Bowl. It's not the Analyst Kool-Aid, but what I am going to say is the L.A. Chargers have made so many key moves that they can, they're starting to stake claim to this division. And, and a lot of that, those key moves, I mean, it started with Joey Bosa, but now we're, we're talking Derwin James. You know, you you get the guy on a steal. So so we're talking they, they've got two pounding safeties back there. They've got a good corner. They've got arguably one of the best defensive ends in football, one of the most explosive. And and he's young. They got all these guys on extended contracts. They're making moves. Phillip Rivers wants his wants his his title. And but but let's talk about Philip Rivers for a second. I mean, Philip Rivers is going into his fourteenth year. Mm-hmm. He's came in, he in the same draft as Eli Manning. Everyone knows how that draft went. Oh yeah. Um, can Philip Rivers continue to play at a high level? He has shown that he can and does. But I mean, every year that goes by, I mean, as you as you enter your mid to late thirties, every year it goes by is a is a new wild card. Yeah, I, I think one thing about Philip Rivers is from from 2016 to 2017, you saw a significant improvement. Um, you know, he reduced his number of interceptions from 21 to 10. Um, he took his quarterback rating from 87 to 96. 
Philip Rivers could be one of those anomalies where where he comes out and and I think he is. He's 36 years old. I mean, dude, ha- he he has a great arm. Anytime you hear Philip Rivers' arm described, it's Marino. Yeah, he uh, he did the same thing when Ken Wisenhunt came there. Um, he improved significantly and threw way less interceptions. And then he left, and then he went up and threw the twenty-one. Mm-hmm. So it's he's very inconsistent. So you never know what you're going to get every year. And uh, hopefully, you know, because he's getting up there, and I'm pretty sure I'm sure next year the Chargers will start looking at. We might need a future quarterback as well. So you know, he's got a ball out himself. Yeah, and and one thing. Um, uh, we need to talk about when it comes to the Chargers. There is the wide receiver issues that they have. I mean, they, I mean, Travis Benjamin is is about as good as it gets. Um, Keenan Allen would be a great receiver over there, but you know he's kind of tanking out. They do have Mike Williams, so I mean there there are some uh, uh, there are some weapons over there. But if Keenan Allen can stay healthy, the Chargers become very scary. Yeah. And my last little note in the Chargers here for you is. The Chargers can't have a chance to win that division, but they cannot start one for the last season. No, and actually, it was you know they they started zero and four, but they wound up going nine and seven. I I hope that that they um they kick off the season with with a with a bang here. I honestly think you're going to see the L.A. Chargers come out, take that division. They're not going to wind up being a number one or number two. They'll probably wind up as the number four seed. But you're going to see the LA Chargers make a, a big surge for the playoffs this year, and uh, that, that's a nice bold prediction. Bold and and looking. Speaking of of lots of bold stuff, the 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 boldest division of them all, the NFC East, where all the loud mouths are, all all the bold owners and GMs are. I don't think what you think it is. I don't know. Let's see, Josh, do you want you tell us? I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I mean, it speaks for itself. Last year, the Eagles absolutely dominated, and uh, I'm going with the Eagles to win that division with a backup quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no less. So um, there's no doubt in my mind that they're going to take that division once again. And I'm going to back you up on that note. I'm also also going to go with uh, the Eagles on this. And I don't have it pulled up. I w- I, I I thought about it, but I forgot about it. So the, the NFC East, interesting note, is they haven't had the a, a team win the division back-to-back years, and I think it's been 14 seasons. Yep, it's been a long time. And it's been like Eagles, Washington, Dallas, Giants. It's been, it's, it's been great. It's the only division in football that has had this long of a uh, not a consistent team winning. It's, it's been the most outrageous and weird division in football. But I think that I just say I have the Eagles. I believe this year that weird omen of a uh, drought ends, and the Eagles win back to back. Yeah, and and I'm I'm going with you on that. I I believe that they're going to win back to back. The closest team to them was was the Cowboys, nine and seven. They've got a head coach there that knows what he's doing. I mean, it's. It's not some some pony show here. This guy comes out. He knows what he's doing. He pulls out trick plays. I mean, you saw some of the stuff he pulled out in the Super Bowl. That guy's a machine, and he's got a, a he can run any. It's a very quarterback friendly offense over there. You got Carson Wentz doing what he does, and you, and you had Nick Foles doing what he did. I think you're going to see the Philadelphia Eagles dominate this division again. 
<clears throat> I think the nearest team you're going to see to them is is once again the Cowboys, and um, you know, and and really for for the G men, you're you're gonna it's going to be Saquon Barkley that that's going to have to step up for them. But yeah. in all honestly, in all honesty, the only team that's going to make the playoffs in that division is the Philadelphia Eagles. And and you're right. The, so the year prior, before the the Eagles were the worst team in the league, worst team in the division. Yep. And Dallas was the juggernaut, and Giants had actually swept Dallas. That season. Yep. So Giants and Dallas have the capability of doing it. And actually, I, I finally pulled it up. So the last time the team that division had went back to back years was 03 and 04. So yeah, it's been 14 years. Yeah, it's been a long time. So that division's been an open door. Yeah. So it, I'm looking forward to a team finally saying, this is my division. Yes, and, and I think Philadelphia is going to do that. Um, I agree. So now we're going to the NFC North here. Um, arguably, arguably the most competitive division in football. No. And here's why I say that. These teams are, and, and people, like Chicago is one thing, but if you're talking Minnesota, Detroit, Green Bay, I, I know probably the, the, the bottom of those three, you know, and and no shot on Josh here, but the bottom of those three are probably is probably Detroit, and even then Detroit is competitive in with those teams. I agree with you. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm gonna I'm gonna you. let Josh start, but I have, I have a retort to you. Ah, okay. Um, obviously I'm gonna say that the Vikings do that again. They do the same thing they did last year. Uh, they have still the great defense. Um, they have guys uh, entering their final years of their deals. Yep. Those guys are all going to ball out. I think they're going to win that division again. I don't think the Packers uh, have the offensive line to keep Aaron Rodgers healthy once again. I think he gets hurt once again like he does every year. And um, as far as Detroit goes, for me it's a big question mark because you don't know what Patricia brings to the table. I mean, sure he came from the winning organization with the, with the Patriots, but for, for me looking in, I don't think they did enough to improve their linebacking core. I don't think they did enough to, to improve their defensive line, and I don't think they even did enough to improve their secondary. Mm-hmm. So for me, their defense will play well. I think they're still going to contend, but I don't. I'm not sure they're going to make the playoffs. So I do not have any other team in the NFC North making the playoffs. Yeah. To kind of, to, to to go with that, I also have the Minnesota Vikings winning the division, and I'm going to make the bold prediction. The Minnesota Vikings will win the division by three games minimum. Wow. The rest of the division is mediocre at best. This is one of the most one-sided divisions in football, in my opinion. Um, Lions just can't cut it right now. They have a great quarterback and staffer. And then Packers, they do not have the support for, for Rodgers. And it's, it's just what it is. Jimmy Graham is not Jordy Nelson. So we'll see what happens, but I, I have just the Vikings going. I have Packers and, and Lions on the outside. I, Vikings take this division by, 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 by a landslide. Yeah, and as, as a Lions fan, for me, yes, I'm hopeful they you know, pull off something spectacular, but I'm gonna be one. I'm not one of those uh, crazy Lions fans that's going to be, yeah, they're great this yeah. year. We have one of the toughest schedules in football this year. So Spoiler alert, I, I have... The South being the most competitive division in football. I don't think that they're uh, in the North. I'm. I'm. I want to say that the Vikings are going to take this, but the big wild card here is is always Aaron Rodgers. You yep. don't know what he's going to do. He's he's always 
You, you never know if he's going to ball out. You never know if he's going to be slinging it. And, and we don't know. Last time we saw Jimmy Graham with 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 a, an elite quarterback, and I'm going to say an elite quarterback because I don't think Russell Wilson's an elite quarterback. Fair. I think he's a very he's good not quarterback. Elite, but he's he's if, just a great he's a yeah. great game manager. Yeah, he's a good game manager. He's a good quarterback. He's got a strong arm. He knows how to fling it downfield. Is Russell Wilson elite? No. Am I going to sit here and tell you he's a top five quarterback? No. But the last time we saw Jimmy Graham an elite quarterback, he was better with, than Gronk. Yeah, he was with Drew Brees. He was better than Gronk. He was the best tight end in the league. And he was better than a lot of the receivers in the league. I mean, he played ball. Jeez, Josh, <laughs> setting your phone off in the middle of the show. We got a show going on here. But anyway, uh, no, and and I think Jimmy Graham is going to be something really special in Green Bay. It raises question marks. I still have the Vikings winning that division. Um, I, I think the defense is going to wind up being too good. I think the Packers are going to give them a run for their money. I don't think the Packers are going to make the playoffs. And I, and again, I do. Th- and and a lot of people won't agree with me on this. I don't think a lot of people um, put enough stock in what the Lions have. Um, and and that's cut. That says a lot. I, coming from someone like me who calls them the Detroit Lie Downs. Okay, that says a lot because you've got uh, uh, and now you got an elite runner like Legarrette Blunt, and I'm going to say he's elite. I don't. Absolutely. That, that guy can can jam. I was very and, happy with that. The only problem is he's not a long term yeah, option. Yeah, but you also now you got this Carry On Johnson over there. He's something special. You, I like you, him. Yeah, I like him a lot. You, you, he's a great pick. They got him. They got him in the second round. It was a good selection. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of what they have on their O line right now. Neither am I. Um, I'm, I'm not a big fan of that. I'm not a big fan of what they had at linebacker. They'll be in third in this division, but they're going to be. I think they're going to finish third, and they're going to be tied with the Green Bay Packers by the time it's all said and done. Yeah. But don't blink. Chicago's coming. Yeah, Chicago is scary, scary, Wait, scary. Going full Game of Thrones reference here. Winter is coming. Chicago is coming. Yes. Trubisky is going to bring that team up. To compete. Yep, and they're they're coming. They're not here yet, and but they're yet. coming. And to back Scott, that's why I'm going to back him and tell you that they're the most competitive uh, yep. division in football. Yeah. You coming have, up. Uh, yeah. Because if you're looking at the NFC South, like you were talking about, I don't see the Buccaneers as a great, great team. Mm-hmm. And Chicago had shown very – uh, actually, quite a few glimpses of great football last year. They beat the Steelers. Yep, they almost beat Minnesota on Monday Night Football. Beat the Ravens. So they, I think they're um, underrated. So I mean, they're in a tough, tough division. Yep. So I agree. So and moving on to the NFC South, old Josh, what you got, Bubba? In the in the NFC South, yep. I have the New Orleans Saints winning it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's to me, it's it's, it's a, it is a tough division, um, but uh, as as the number five seed, I also have the Panthers. Okay, I mean, I think those two are the two most uh, competitive, and they have the easier uh, schedule going down uh, through, through the end of the season as well. So I think they uh, will come off stronger, and they will uh, win those games to get them there. Well, going with that note, um, I've made a lot of scribbles over the last few hours. <laughs> But I have the Saints winning the division. But, so look at last year. The Saints won the division at 11-5. The Panthers were right there. Also 11-5. But the Falcons were right there at 10-6. And And this is why I call this the, it may not be the most competitive in football, but it is the strongest division in football right now. And that's why. 
So I have the same thing in the division, but I have the Panthers in the wild card. But wait, there's more. I have a legendary three-division three. playoff. Wow. I have the Falcons also in the playoffs, which means I have the Packers missing. Nice. Um, so I believe that Atlanta has, and it can be argued right now, that, that Atlanta is looking at one of the strongest receiving cores in football. Agreed. Yeah. Um, Calvin Ridley is going to be exciting over there. Julio Jones is exciting. I'm totally stoked for Matt Ryan. Um, he's got that nice new big contract. The Atlanta Falcons are winning this division. Can I interrupt for a second? What's that? So I said I had a lot of scribbles. Mm -hmm. So even in my early stages, I had all three making it. Yeah. At one point, I had Falcons win the division. I changed it for one reason only. What's that? Matt Ryan's got his contract. <laughs> I think and I think something to be said to that in some fashion. <coughs> in, a, in a way, yeah. Um, Matt Matt Ryan's got his deal, and but I I don't think Matt Ryan. He's always come to play. He came to play when he didn't have his deal. I still expect him to come out balling. Mm -hmm. No, but no. When you, when you don't have your deal, you come out to play to get the deal. But once you get your money, a lot of players like yeah, they they fall. I off. got it. Yeah, I, I don't see Matt Ryan with doing a receiving that. core like his, and then you have Devontae Freeman. Mm. It, it just doesn't. The, the pieces no. they added in the offseason, they added to their defense, they added to their offense. I mean, they, they've they've created a buzz here, and and you know Freeman right now getting ready to. Uh, I think he's got what two years left on his deal. I mean, yep. so you're you're looking at that. That'll be an interesting one. Um, honestly. I don't see the Carolina Panthers making the playoffs this year. I got Atlanta, and I got New Orleans. And the only reason I got New Orleans making making the playoffs in that next wild card spot is because of New Orleans defense. It has nothing yeah. to do with Drew Brees. The New Orleans defense was so underrated last year. Yeah, because and, the year before that, they weren't very good. Yep. Oh, this would be interesting because I saw Josh's list earlier, which was – if I'm not, if I'm being mentioned right, you've only listed one wild card team. One wild card team. Which means so I think far. you're about to list the same second wild card team that Josh is about to. No, I don't know yet. So Josh, let let go on in the West here. All right, in the West, I have. I mean, it's it's. There's no doubt. I think the Rams have that. Yeah, I think out. I think they're one of the best and teams in football. Most people right are going to think. I mean, most people out there, you know, uh, the term comes to mind uh, with a lot of people's arguments. Bandwagoners are going to think, oh, it's the Seahawks because they all love the Seahawks. But I don't. I don't see the Seahawks. Yeah, they're going doing downhill after the fire but sale. I will say this: uh, bold prediction. I do have the 49ers taking that sixth spot with Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. I think Garoppolo is going to ball out and uh, show everybody that he, he's the real deal. And he, he got that money, and I think he's going to he he's going to end up deserving it or uh, making it worth it that mm -hmm. investment. So uh, I do have the 49ers making the playoffs as well, and uh, um, I hope I'm right. So. Going with the West, I'm also going with the Rams. Bar none, Rams are going to win that division. Mm -hmm. But I'm not. That's not. And, and I and I don't. And I've already used up my my wild card spots. But I'm gonna I'm gonna elaborate on the Niners. The Niners are going to have a great year. They've come a long way after getting Garoppolo. But I think they're gonna have one more year of no playoffs, and then the juggernaut begins. Yes. Um, I got the Rams, obviously. I'm going to throw you for a loop. You're about to go for Arizona. I am. I, the, I, I can the, see with, it. If, with, if, the, with the quarterback controversy, well, I don't know. And here's, here's the issue I've got. 
You got Larry Fitzgerald who wants his Super Bowl. You've got Johnson who wants his Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. You've got all these guys who want a bowl, and you got the and I don't think Sam you Bradford, a young, a young, yeah. hungry quarterback that says that guaranteed you you're going to get a lot of wins out of me. Yep, I. I so he, he's he's going out there to be a leader. He's Sam, going out there to do his thing. Sam Bradford, I think the 49ers, It's going to be close. The 49ers could very well make the playoffs. They could very well outshine the New Orleans Saints. But I believe wholeheartedly that if Rosen, and, and I believe Rosen will wind up being your starter this year. Um, I know Bradford is they're saying, oh, Bradford's going to be the guy. But we've seen that change. Yeah, we've seen that change, and we've seen it real quick. We've seen what happened when a quarterback goes down. Yep, we've seen what happens when a quarterback goes down week two. Remember Kurt Warner? Remember yep. when, yeah, how he came trotting onto Remember the field? Tom Brady? Yeah. Remember how they get, these guys come trotting on the field? Josh Rosen is the so, the new guy, and I think the Arizona Cardinals will take it. And they're not going to take the five seed. They're going to take the six seed. But the Arizona Cardinals are going to, and I will say it like this, and I hate the term, but it's the reality. They're going to back their way into the playoffs this year. Like the I Bills? hope they do. Yep. That's exactly I want, I want Larry to get that. I'm still butthurt about that. Yeah. I want Larry to get that ring. So here's a little fun fact for you. You mentioned Arizona being a playoff team. They're the the furthest a rookie quarterback being the starter has ever made it. There are two quarterbacks that have made it to the to the championship game, but no Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Do you know who those are? Not sure. Not sure. They're both AFC. Um, just to avoid being let me get too silent. I'll let you know. One was a back to back, so that was Mark Sanchez, mm-hmm. who's turned out to be awful. Well, yeah. Awful. And and I'll give you a hint in the second one. The only reason I know this stat, because the other one I know very well, JoJo. Yeah, um, yeah. But but rookie but two quarterbacks in the history of this league, it's it's a tough sell for a quarterback to make it that far. I hope Rosen does. Yeah, and or, I or Rose oh, I hope Lamar does. But yeah. but Rosen or Lamar or Darnold like it, it it's it's tough to come into a team and take over. I hope he can do it. And and Sanchez, I I I I kudos to him for making it there. At the same time, I always hate hearing about Mark Sanchez. I was telling Tyler this the other day. I, I always hear this stuff about Mark Sanchez this and Mark Sanchez that. And I'm about to go on a little bit of a tangent, but I, I was watching it was it was a division around playoffs. Um it was it was back when the Colts were taking on wound up taking on the Saints in the bowl, I think it was 09. And um you you watched ESPN just salivating and they were talking all about oh I love Mark Sanchez Mark Sanchez this Mark Sanchez that and he went 12 for 15 for 195 and a touchdown and it was so great and da 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 and I go okay he went 12 for 15 for 195 that's a low number and then and then I looked over at the other game that Indianapolis played in the divisional round because Indianapolis wound up eliminating them in the AFC playoff in the NFC divisional or I'm sorry uh, AFC championship game and I saw Peyton Manning and I'm going wait a minute Peyton Manning just went 32 for 35 for 395 and four touchdowns, and you're talking about Mark Sanchez (laughs) and his 195? What is happening here? I mean, I've never been a Mark Sanchez fan. No. You know, and and back when uh, the the question was if Detroit would pick him or Matthew Stafford in that draft. uh, Stafford all day. Absolutely. Stafford all day. I'm not a big Stafford guy either. Yeah, I'm not a big Stafford guy either. Um, I I think Matt Stafford, he's a good quarterback. Is he elite? No. 
Um, people have talked about him breaking 5,000 yards. Is Matt Stafford, oh, Matt Stafford's an elite guy. He broke 5,000 yards. He hasn't done it since Calvin left. Yeah, but I'd also hope that you were breaking 5,000 yards when he was bro- throwing the ball an average of 52 times a game. Yeah. He broke the, 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 you know, the, the number of pass attempts record for mm-hmm. a single season. There's something going on there. But he's yeah. four times better than Sanchez. Yes. Five times, five times better than Sanchez. Easy. But, uh, that's all we got for tonight, folks. Um, Thank you for listening in. I hope you had yourself a wonderful, wonderful time listening to us. And let us know if you want Josh back. <laughs> yeah, let us know if you want Josh back. I, we're, we're probably going to have Josh back as much as he'd like to. Um, Josh, you are more than welcome. Thank you for, for coming on the show today. It's always a pleasure, sir. Absolutely. And, Thank you for having me. And, uh, folks, I, I hope you uh, are tuning in next time. We will uh, we'll be back here in two weeks. We'll be going once every two weeks until the preseason. start. Yep, till the start of the NFL preseason. Once that, then we'll be going every week after that. But you know, there's not a whole lot going on at this point in the season. Just a lot of OTAs and stuff. So uh, we'll be uh, getting back to you when that time comes. But thank you so much for listening. Right here on Tob. Huh? That's weird. You just hate that, <laughs> no. don't you? You hate it. <laughs> it's just too weird. I love it. I'm just going to keep doing it just to so bother the top. All I think of is slob the cop. Oh, oh, come oh on. gosh. Come on, Tyler. Family friendly. It, it is family friendly. I mean, it's not right to the point. He likes a lot of corn. He likes, <laughs> he likes corn. Cow. <laughs> he likes corn. <laughs> Jeez, oh, Pete. Well, that's all we got. Thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time right here on the Outside Blitz. Good night.